0: Previously on Elite Week. I keep warning you, doors and corners, kid. That's where they get you. Humans are too fucking stupid to listen.
1: By Grapthar's hammer, by the sons of Warven, you shall be avenged.
2: All right, you primitive screwheads. Listen up. See this?
3: This is my boomstick. If your hand touches metal, I swear by my pretty floral bonnet, I will end you.
0: Hello and welcome to Elite Week, episode 31, Friday, August 21st, 2020, Galactic Water Cooler. How is everyone doing tonight? Uh, I want to introduce, we'll start with Commander Roy Cookson. Say hello, welcome back from your travels, sir.
1: Hey everybody, glad to be back, looking forward to tonight's jam-packed episode.
0: Yes, yes. We also have on tech, Arson Cross. Say hello, Arson. Good evening, everybody. Happy to be here as usual. Right on. And Tweet74,
3: say hello. Hello, everybody. Hope everybody's cracked them open, having a good time Friday night. Like Roy said, we got a lot to get to. Busy show tonight. Crack
0: one open? I guess I will. (laughs) Uh, We also have some special guests. We've got Commander Black Maze. Say hello. 07, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. And we also have Commander Crank Larson say
4: hello. Hello from, uh, yes, a very early morning over in England. He's call, calling from the future.
0: Them, them Englandy <laughs> people got
4: the witchcraft. <laughs>
0: uh, so, uh, Commanders Black Maze and Crank Larson are from, they're representing the uh, eight wheel drive endurance challenge, that crazy SRV rally race that is uh, just going down and it's like it's it's some crazy crazy shit we saw it last week we talked about it and we thought we got to get these guys in here because this shit is legit all right so let's start off with uh i want to throw out a, a a quick salute to uh the uh the guy who did charlie two you're clear to the which is a super awesome uh uh cover art that we're using for this this week's episode. Uh, and then we've got obviously the intro music and the outro music was, uh, was done by, it's, okay, so I'm, I gotta get this right here. Uh, it's Ross Bugden, R-O-S-S-B-U-G-D-E-N, and his, this is, uh, from some music that was inspired by Interstellar, so, uh, it's, it's some really, really good stuff. Go check it out, the links are in the show notes. So we'll get on with the podcast intro. First off, uh, Galnet Newswatch. The last post was the Vitadyne Nanomeds, which was on June 9th, 33.05, 63 days ago as of today. (sighs) All right. Also, we now have... 2000 people in this discord as of today Woo-hoo. Uh, from last week yeah right that's some crazy 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 shit so uh, big salute to everybody the discord is growing the show is growing um, just just the dark wheel project is going phenomenally everything seems to be coming up aces so yeah thank you to everybody for all of the things Roy why don't you hit us up with the info yeah,
1: so uh, listeners and watchers, if you're listening to us on the podcast and like to see the live show and visuals, you can check us out at uh, youtube.com forward slash Elite Week. If you're listening to us on, uh, actually, if you're watching us on YouTube and would like to know how to catch our podcast, you can check it out at anchor.fm forward slash Elite Week. For sending us your thoughts by email, you can reach us at EliteWeek3306 at gmail.com. Our very active and growing Elite Week Discord can be found at tinyurl.com forward slash Elite Week Discord, where you can check out community feedback, resources on turning the wheel, and real-time updates about Elite from a variety of content creators. In addition to the Discord community feedback channel, feel free to write in our YouTube comments anything about the topic of the week, as well as anything else you'd like to share. We'd love to hear from you. Also on YouTube, please make sure to like and subscribe and click on the bell. It really helps us out. We record live on YouTube every Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, midnight UTC. So come and join in on the fun. If you're listening to us on the podcast, please make sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you use. And let us know if there's a format you want us to look into. We don't do Patreon, so save your money and just tell your friends about the
5: show.
0: Right on, brother. Right on. All right, we're jam-packed, so we're just going to get rolling. We're going to start right off with our interview of Commanders Black Maze and Crank Larson of the 8-Wheel Drive Challenge. Now, in the show notes, like I was, I want you all to check. There's the Discord so there's an invite link for the discord for the elite racers you can go click on that and see a ton of information and get all of your questions answered in addition to that there's a link to the reddit thread uh reddit.com forward slash r forward slash elite racers check that out for information about the elite racers in this particular set of races and if you want to see the highlights and all of the stuff as it goes down each week Go check out youtube.com forward slash black maze all one word no spaces so youtube.com forward slash b l a c k m a z e for the highlights and the video. <sighs> what do people call you, Maze or Black or or what? And be, and I I I, was, I bet you everybody calls you Crank.
4: Funnily enough, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. go by that.
0: Right. On, maze will right do. On. All right. So Mason Crank, tell us a little bit, obviously we we played your your commercials last week with the, you know, all of the stuff about, you know, you can join in. There was two of them, but we also played the video and I kind of wanted to take uh, a really uh, an opportunity to have you guys in because your video your your thing your race is not sort of the standard race of like okay well this goes here and this goes here with you guys are using the api keys and camera drones and getting sort of amazing footage of and splicing in like differences between the the in cockpit footage along with the camera drone footage that's showing like really in 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 explicit detail how these guys are sort of tilting and boosting and flying and doing all of the things so how did this how did this come about how, how did you guys start with these api keys what are the stuff that's going on with the races going forward just give just 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 talk for a while and let me drink and, and bask in the and the knowledge that you're dropping
6: cheers i'll try and fill as long as i can for you first of all it's really um elite racers is is a pretty big community of people who enjoy racing in all sorts of different styles and uh I like organizing, so I thought, we need some more SRV races going on. I like rallies, I like uh, Paris-Dakar, for example. So I thought I'd set up a little broadcasting thing, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we did a race. And then we have Crank Larsen going, you know what? All that manual (laughs) typing of who's in first, who's in second, he thought he could do better, and he has
4: i mean the way i look at it is um uh, you know Black has organized this and, and i was just a racer i joined it it was absolutely great fun and i saw the stream afterwards and saw what he did and and the fact he'd done that manually um was you know i can automate things it's what i do and i thought you know that that's a great thing to be able to do. you know it, and it can just add to it you know having a leaderboard that you don't have to manually update and things mm-hmm. like that you know just so you, um, he can concentrate um on the action and mm-hmm. as, as we saw in the videos it, it works out you know i've I, as far as i'm concerned i'm just in the stuff behind the scenes he's the one that you know is making these things look good and and you know having a live action and following the races which is the really impressive stuff
0: you paid well,
6: me basically
0: so basically uh it, it, it's you know uh black Mays is the commentator and the guy who's keeping all of the action in the race going and crank larson is the tech genius that makes all of the stuff work so that it it, it enables you to like When you're watching a real race, you see that, you know, real-time updates of who's in what place, and you can see, oh, my God, number six is starting to overtake number five, or, you know, this one's coming along, or whatever. That's It's it's good to sort of, especially in a situation where guys are, like, neck and neck, and, and it's, like, you see the lead, you know, trade places back and forth and back and forth or whatever. That shit is, like, that shit is legit. And then when you combine that with the camera footage that you guys get, yeah, I mean it. It's it's some next level stuff, man. I really, really dig it. It, I mean, it I really. Think...
6: Go ahead.
4: So I was. I think that was the thing because from the first one, um, I remember you, Black May, saying on the Discord how you'd missed some stuff because there was stuff going on because we didn't know where people were, and um, it's... that that was kind of the thing that, that triggered the stuff. Yeah. I Yeah,
6: yeah. It's it's really uh, it it's a combination of of a couple of factors. Obviously, Elite Dangerous being peer-to-peer, it, it has its connectivity limitations, right? So instancing already yeah. on its own is is can be a challenge. It's working out really well, I have to say. Uh, at, at least it has been since we started the championship. Everyone has been able to get into the instance. We had up to we're close to 20 people in the same instance with without any issue. Um, but But yeah, it does get a little tricky because if someone goes... First of all, if someone isn't in your wing and you're flying your ship, and he's driving an SRV. You cannot target that person, so it, oh. it becomes it becomes really difficult to find out where people are. And and yeah. when you do find someone, you don't know who they are. So having the SRV tracker that uh, crank is, uh, is 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 is, cr- is creating really helps to find people first of all, and then second of all, knowing who they are. Because in the stream on the broadcast, if I actually fly up to someone now. I used to type like I, I used to go and find out who am I following I'd have the razor have to communicate with me which is already a distraction and then they would tell me who they are I would type it into a text box and, and it would appear on the screen but now it, whoever I'm closest to is usually the one I'm filming and the, the tracker will automatically then put it in the uh, in the stream which is awesome. But it, it, it is just a really cool thing to have, you know, 18 people all on a on a starting grid together in one of the settlements, preparing the race and then see them all just blast off into the distance is absolutely awesome.
4: I said that is the most fun bit because when you're all on the grid, you're all together. And because of the distance of these SRV races, um, certainly I found um, after the first two minutes, you're by yourself anyway. Um, you know you practice the and and you're by yourself and so um even though you know the first bit and and probably the last bit um and and so which is also again if you know where people are you can actually go where the people are um coming together if you know that you can then follow the action again um Mm. i mean i'm planning on we've got the bits for the stream done that there's a whole lot of stuff i'm planning um to be able to get um, on the tech side of things for example um, we can actually um, store the routes that each commander takes um, potentially at the point i do the server side stuff will actually be able to plot each commander's course along the route as they go um, you know superimposed on a natural image um, i've already got things like race history so it will um store things maximum speed um, you know or interesting stuff like that um it will it will time it and you know now we've got the I've got the data feed basically, which gives speed and things like that. There's a whole load of stuff we could potentially. That is do so there. cool.
6: yeah, it's so awesome. we We haven't tested the speed yet, but in in the the coming race, the thirtieth of August will be the the third race of the championship. Hmm. We will actually be able to follow on the broadcast real-time speeds. and we all know flying with the srvs is 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 a you know a thing of its own uh and it's going to be incredibly cool to actually find out like who is going at what speeds and mm-hmm. if someone is in second place and he's got a couple of kilometers left to go but he's actually going let's say 20 meters per second faster than the guy in the lead it's going to be really awesome to be able to track the action
0: nail-biting right there yeah that's legit all right maybe- so so 30th of august is the next the the next big race and uh, that's going to be a big news weekend as well so you're going to be adding to it what were we about to add
6: yeah, I, I was just going to maybe plug in the, uh, the event. So this is the third uh, race in the championship. We had the first one. Uh, it, it was an 85 kilometer rally. It wasn't that long, but it was in a canyon, which was really cool. So people had to follow uh, a predetermined path through a canyon. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the second race was 265 kilometers. So it was already quite a lot longer. Um, and it was more of a flat terrain. So it was all about going really fast and being able to maintain speed. The cool thing in this championship is that you can't use synthesis, so you're not allowed to actually repair. You can repair, but you have to do it through a pit stop system. So what you have to do is you have to recall your ship. You have to have wait for your ship to land. You need to go into your ship, which then automatically repairs you back to 100% hull. You go back out of your ship, and you keep going. So that adds a, another element to the race. So the next I mean, race,
0: yeah, go ahead. I mean, you say that you have to do that, or you could just, you know you could just sha it and explode
4: I know you see we can monitor it now and you're eliminated if you um, uh, do do um, well I mean you could synthesize it obviously <laughs> there's you there, there's no monitoring for that because unfortunately I can't tell when users synthesize. Well.
0: But but um, I think the guys that you have that are in here are all true racemen. They're in it for the spirit yeah. of the race, and they're not going to do that. Absolutely. Exactly
4: that. I mean that's the thing, and we know that. And and, and yeah, um um so it's not even an issue. Um, the cool and- thing is
6: about elite racers is it's really a community. There aren't there isn't like a leader who's organizing things. We have the the OGs, Fat Haggard and Coconut. They they set this up in I think 2014 or 2015, and they started organizing uh just station racing before in- engineers was even a thing so people were driving or flying the lightest eagles they could build um and ever since the, the elite racers community is all about just fans who like racing fans of racing organizing their own events and that's what i did you know i'm just one of the players
0: yeah and and like i said the all of the people all of the names that you have got in there between the elite racer guys the buckyballers the that that entire community Every last one of you wants to win, but I, I don't think there's a single person in that name, in that list that wants to win the wrong way. Everybody's like, they want to do it like legit. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. but, yeah, but you're right. I've
4: got no hope of doing so, but I'd like to. Say, yeah.
0: <laughs> For me, I like if I'm when I do racing, when I whenever I do racing and I encourage everybody like. You know feel free to like you, you see the race you see the 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 sort of what they're doing whatever yeah you might not be one of those guys that can do it at that time you're not one of the top whatever there's nothing to stop you from doing it you know three hours later just going down there and say All right, i'm going to test my time against them because for me whenever i do anything race related i know for a fact i don't have a chance in hell of catching terror Citic or you or or not- you know. Uh, 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 Alec Turner or Shay Blackwood, but for me, it's not about beating you. It's about beating my last time.
6: That's the cool uh, thing about SRV racing. And, and you'll have to stop me if I'm going on too long here. But SRV racing and all flying thing, right? Boosting and, and keeping your momentum built. And it's even in this championship alone, it's been so cool to see the different tactics needed for different tracks. Like the, the last race in Wasat, it was a 265 uh, kilometer race. Mainly flat terrain, couple of bumps, and you could really build your speed and bounce high and use your altitude to build up uh, forward momentum and bounce, just keep on bouncing, basically. The coming up race, it's in Brockpoy, It's another system. It's a 148 kilometer race. It's at night. It's a, it's a perm, permanent night planet, basically, tightly <laughs> locked. And it, it's pretty smooth, which doesn't help when there is a huge amount of rocks. There's so many rocks on that planet, you you just can't find uh, a a piece of terrain where you can land and bounce. So it becomes a whole different game of, okay, I feel like I need to go fast, but if I go too fast, there is a huge chance I'm gonna run out of boost and I will be forced to land in a spot where I don't want to land, because there's too many rocks. So you have to be a lot more conservative, and as a result, people are gonna build their momentum more slowly, and be more careful, and it becomes also, a bit of a a race of or a battle of attrition, you know, who is going to blow up? Who is going to pit stop on time? It's really awesome to see the difference.
0: Yeah. That gets to a situation where it's a little more technical on the, you know, the winner is the one who's got the best pit management as opposed to, and I said pit management as in (laughs) like knows how fast to push it. You push it as fast as you can with as little pit stops as, as possible kind of thing.
6: Absolutely. Absolutely. So the current favorite in the championship is Commander Shea Blackwood. Oh, yeah. Shea Blackwood has won the first race. Let me quickly pull up the results. He's won the very first race. Um, and the second and third race were on the same day. It was a, a, a multi-stage rally, so there was a, a part one and a part two. Mm-hmm. And so we had Shea in in the lead and he blew up. But he didn't just blew up or blow up. He blew up maybe 50 meters from the finish
0: yeah that was crazy
6: it, it was insane it was so yeah. unexpected because he's been he's been blasting his way through these things and he he's the first one who had the flying down and basically you can see everyone else in the championship is mimicking what he does which is awesome to see so as a result we have alec turner uh, uh famous alec turner who finished first and is a, a, a huge contender for the championship as well currently in second place
0: hmm yeah it's good stuff it is it is excellent excellent stuff all right so the next race is on august 30th when's the one after that uh 13th of september
6: and then onwards it's uh usually two weeks in between sometimes three just to give people time for uh real life as well
0: sure and you're going to be uh keeping up with us in the in the channel uh in the galactic water cooler contributors channel with all of your race information because we're going to be pimping out each and every one of your races because that is absolute hot shit that we need to be on top of.
6: Yeah, awesome stuff, man. I wanted to thank you for all your kind uh, words on the on the previous podcast. It's really appreciated.
0: Oh, no worries, man. It was, it was all heartfelt because your shit is awesome. So sit in with us as we rush through real quick to get to the real, the, the, we're going to rush through our meat and potatoes so we can get to the dessert. How's that sound? Let's roll. Beautiful. All right. We're gonna do this super, super fast, guys. We're gonna start off with the Dark Wheel update. Nothing really huge to report. We are pending expansion for Menyanwu. We did hit that. I told you we were gonna hit that on Sunday. Guess what? We hit that on Sunday, exactly as we expected. We're gonna be landing, with the BGS, you can't exactly tell, but we're gonna be landing roughly around the 27th in our new spot. And our spot, which is still secret, we're not telling you where it is yet, uh, but we definitely have it picked out and we definitely have our stuff prepped for it. We are going to run through that system like, uh, I, I don't know, like Indian food through a tourist. We're gonna, we're just going to shoot right through it. And as soon as we're uh, done with our expansion status from uh, and Yan Wu, we have the second one all set up to expand for HR 4979. So we're going to pop it back to back and we're going to keep this party rocking. We've got good stuff uh, on the on the horizon, but there's not too much to say. So let's just skip past that and get on to the next point, which is we held this over from last week. Obsidian Ants video: Why VR from Odyssey might not be that easy. Um, with regard to this video, he he and you know gives some points on on his feelings about it. He talks about some of the things with VR and I'm going to be honest with you. Some of the points that he makes, I agree with uh, and is, is I consider him a friend. He's a good guy. I I like him very much, but at, at the same time, we're both men. We are both having our own thoughts and there's times where we're going to disagree on things. Um, I disagree with some of what he said in this video from the standpoint of him saying, uh, you know, it has to be to this level or don't even bother doing it. Um he set a very very high level. He basically set the the level of it has to be Half-Life Alex or don't bother. And and I don't think that a lot of the community and, and, and I'm I'm partially talking out my ass here because I'm not a VR player. I play on pancake mode. I play, you know, on my screen. Uh but from my read from other VR players, they don't really sort of disagree or they don't really agree with with that statement, that it has to be Half-Life Alex or GTFO. I think a lot of them are, number one, very happy if, if Frontier includes VR from launch and it's even um, sort of not fully worked out. It's not supported at launch, but it's included at launch. And what does that mean? What's the difference? Well, the difference is one of them is We're offering you our smooth, polished, top-notch, we guarantee this is good experience. And the other one is, we're not supporting this. We're going to put it in here with a big check mark and an asterisk and all kinds of shit where you have to say, click here, click here, click here, and, yo, bro, you're on your own. If this makes you throw up, that's on you. Uh, Or if this crashes, or if it's tweaky, or if it's this, or if it's that, you have to kind of play with it. I I think that as opposed to Half-Life Alex or GTFO, I think the majority of the player base of VR are, are like, hey man, give us what you got and we'll work with you. We, we, we love you, we're here for you, we want you to give us our best shot at it and let us tweak and play with it and let us help you over the next sort of six months or whatever to refine it into that polished, quote, supported experience. And in addition to that as a backstop, I think, That's what VR players want But what they'll accept What they'll back down and accept Is all right. look just give us The ships and the cars when we're on our Ass let us still have VR When we're not on our ass Okay fine maybe that's not ready Yet okay take time if you need it But give us you know sort of Give us what we can get That's my read so I don't Entirely agree with sort of His feeling On it but he plays in VR, so you know maybe there's a good chunk of people that sort of agree with his his line of thinking. Real quick, going around the horn, does anybody have something they want to chip in on this, or does anybody not care? Because we're trying to skip through stuff to get to the to the thing. I know Arson, I think had something. I I definitely do. I think that
2: the most important thing for VR users to remember uh, when they are considering being upset about odyssey not having vr is the most important thing is the head-mounted device that sits on your face that gives you the optical immersion all of that extra hand wavy stuff isn't really it's not necessary and i would even raise that it is still gimmicky to stand up And move around unless you own an omnidirectional treadmill, which let's face it, probably 90% of VR users don't have, anyways. So, would you rather have our game built off of teleportation or seated VR? I would opt for seated VR, so let's nix the Alex expectation.
0: All right, Alex, you, or not Alex, tweet, you had something?
3: I do. I, I was going to say I don't know exactly what the community would accept VR-wise, but what I do think is kind of important is I think maybe FDev themselves kind of agree with Obsidian Ant on this. I feel like they put out a top-notch quality VR with the rest of Elite Dangerous, and I don't think they want to put a, a, a subpar product out with the Odyssey
0: gotcha. DLC in VR. I think they want it to stay that A plus level, you know, that quality. Gotcha did uh, any of our guests want to chime in on this one i know uh crank plays in vr yeah
4: i do i play only in vr since since i've got it um and no i mean to be honest i've I've never been that looking up not that bothered about it's not i'm not looking forward to i'm just not that bothered about feet the thing to me about elite is i can get in it sit in my seat put the put the helmet on not helmet you know um, and i'm in my spaceship i'm in my srv i'm actually flying it and that's the important thing and the only thing for the next stage really that i want is the new planetary tech i'd love to be able to see that so even if we've just got horizons if they can give us the new planetary tech i i personally be happy with that um as i say for for me it's all about the vehicles. it's all about being able to be there and, and that's what the vr thing is and, uh, and that's why i love the racing and things like that so
0: hmm. all right beautiful right on all right so next up we're gonna hop on to the series trial the series tarn well, was before was called the series tarn trial now it's called the series trial season two so the trial this is being put out by the axi this is uh the same thing that you know well not the same thing but a similar thing to what they did in the last season this time the trial is you got to destroy cyclops collect one mata ally alloy from the barnacle forest structure site then destroy all the scouts found in a threat four the site must present scouts, uh, sites without scouts will not be eligible for credit. And then land at series Tarn with the meta alloy in your inventory where your time stops. So that is the, uh, you know, challenge itself. They're gonna have different brackets, uh, you know, for like, you know, the junior bracket, the intermediate, uh, the senior bracket, the pro circuit. Uh, and the winner of each bracket is going to uh, receive uh party champion like a title there, and there's ranks for the party survivors for the people that actually complete it whether or not they're the quote-unquote winner um there's all kinds of rules with regard to you know high prediction kills will not be credited no premium ammunition no advanced missile racks no sin thing of any kind etc cetera, etc cetera. Uh, again like much like the way you guys are doing your srv race this is guys that are all in it for the spirit of the race. These guys are hardcore AXI guys and people that want to sort of mix in with that. And And we're looking for sort of a good, clean, fun, No, you know, no, no cheating. I think people are going to largely be uh, sort of, you know, it, it's it's this isn't the kind of thing where people are looking to cheat. They're looking to do their best and throw their best number up there and hope that that is, is the winner. And if not, you know. They still had some, some good fun. Um, but it is awesome. And we, we very, very much recommend that everybody go out there and participate on this. This event will take place starting on September 6th and go till September 20th. Uh, so it starts at midnight of September 5th, clocking over into September 6th. So like one second UTC, server time, into September 6th. And it'll go all the way up till Midnight or 11.59 Of September 20th so it cuts Off before September 21st Um Go get involved in that that is some good Shit we love the boys over at the AXI and uh You know we want to Absolutely throw them our support In addition to that All of you guys that did the stuff For the uh you know Um The CG the the AXI Community goal Uh, the the decal is out so go get that awesome decal and throw it on your ship wear it with pride this is legitimate stuff here um so yeah anybody want to hop in with uh anything on on the series tarn trial or the decal
1: got my sticker very happy
0: yes yes all right i guess that covers that Now we're going to move on to real world science For anybody who's like these guys are going to breakneck speeds We're trying to save tons of room For the uh, dev diary stuff So here we go Real world science So first off we've got NASA On water worlds Throw that up Arson Um, This is a legitimate Sort of uh, very cool little video That they're showing where it's Showing different types of water worlds And water worlds don't uh, only include what you would think it's not just stuff like you know earth that has you know lots of water that is out there you've got you know dwarf planets moons etc you, you know you've got stuff like pluto uh that has a, a lot of ice on there you've got you know europa there's a uh, it's 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 ice at the top but underneath it there's a huge sort of ocean layer uh you know you've got um Moons of Saturn. You've got all different kinds of of uh, planets, and 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 then I'm looking on the screen. The dwarf planet series, series. <laughs> Delta us All right, Josephus Miller. We're with you, brother. Um, all right. So that is good stuff. Go take a look at that. It's super, super interesting. Roy, hit us up real quick with the heartbreaking news about Arecibo.
1: Yeah. So <clears throat> the giant Arecibo radio observatory in Puerto Rico is down a uh, three inch thick cable that's a giant cable came out of its anchor socket and fell into the dish and made a hundred foot uh, gash in the dish um, just to put it in perspective this cable weighs 30 kilograms per meter and more than 200 meters of it fell like this is big-scale stuff um, in addition to being featured in the movie contact And, of course, it's real-world use in the SETI program. Uh, This observatory is used for searching for exotic uh, cosmic events like pulsars, radio wave bursts. And it's also, and maybe more importantly, instrumental in our planetary defense, looking for potentially dangerous near-Earth asteroids. Um, Current estimates are it could take months to fix. So watch out for falling rocks, everyone
0: absolutely absolutely hopefully i mean our, our our thoughts are with them and and hopefully they get it back up and running asap because that is a uh that is not a national treasure that is a planetary treasure uh it's one of the things that is hopefully helping to keep all of us as a species aware of what's coming at us right now all right and uh arson you had the uh thing on the uh ingenuity copter yeah, it's it's a short update, no images or
2: fancy videos to go with it, but they successfully uh, tested the Ingenuity helicopter by powering it up in the space shuttle in flight to Mars, and it successfully powered up, so they are expecting it to function as expected after planetfall.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Good stuff. Uh, we are... Um watching with great anticipation with regard to the ingenuity mission as well as the uh hope mission from the United Arab Emirates as well as the heavenly questions mission from China so we'll keep you apprised on that they're they're making landfall in February and we'll keep keep you you know aware of what's going on now for our good friend Yuna Sakashiro, we have a little something a little surprise hit it Here's your bill, Mr. Valberg," said the older
1: man behind the counter, and handed a printed piece of paper over to the younger man on the other side. Insert your card here and hold your finger against the sensor, please, he added, as if his customer needed an introduction to electronic money transfers. The customer was a man in his early twenties, with short red hair, wearing a shiny black pilot suit below a brown leather jacket that looked considerably older than its wearer. As he was busy operating the terminal, the customer didn't immediately notice the young woman approaching him. She was wearing the female variant of the same type of pilot suit, but hers was all white and in stark contrast to the black hair framing her face and neck. "'Hey, Yuna,' said the young man when he finally noticed her. "'I wasn't expecting you so soon. "'Hello, Mrs. Sakashiro. "'Are you coming to help me out?' asked the man behind the counter.
3: "'Not this time, Mr. Owens,'
1: she replied.
3: "'This young pilot here just invited me for a ride.'
1: Oh, great, said Owens, rolling his eyes. Make sure he uses the docking computer this time. I'm running out of paint. I'm telling you, it wasn't my fault, protested Valberg, while Sakashiro began dragging him away. This way, said Volberg, waving his hand. Sakashiro turned around.
3: But your adder is...
1: Sold, he finished her sentence. This is what I'm flying now. He pointed at a ship that looked like a tapered wedge. Painted in shades of red and yellow, so bright, Sakashiro suddenly wished she had brought her sunglasses.
3: You must be kidding. A cobra?
1: She yelled in disbelief. Business is booming, Valberg said with a smile. I can afford her now. Let's take her out, shall we? All systems are go, Valbrook said, imitating the voice of NASA ground control from ancient space travel documentaries as he glanced over the module's panel projected to the right of his seat. Ready for liftoff, the Cobra's vertical thrusters roared as the ship disconnected from the landing pad and retracted its landing gear. It quickly gained height, then suddenly pitched its nose until it pointed upwards in a perfect 90 degrees angle. Sakashiro felt her body pressed against the back of the pilot seat. Woohoo! yelled Valberg next to her, but his voice was almost drowned in an even louder roar of the Cobra's main thrusters pushing them forward, when the ship's Kovas began counting down. Frameshift, drive, charging. Three, two, one, engage. Suddenly the previously static scenery outside was set in motion. The purple gas giant that dominated the sky above the moon began moving while the cobra's frameshift drive multiplied the effect of the ship's main thrusters and accelerated it toward the speed of light. Sakashiro knew that at this point the ship was no longer visible to outside observers. Instead, they would see an FSD wake in the form of a bright light with a glittering contrail that could be traced all the way back from the point where the ship had entered supercruise, at least for a while. Sakashiro remembered that her captors had ships equipped with FSD wake scanners that enabled them to chase targets even after they managed to escape via supercruise.
3: Hey, Mr. Pilot, you forgot to refuel.
1: Sakashiro pointed at the dashboard.
3: If we don't return soon, we'll run dry. No worries,
1: Valberg replied. This one has a scoop. Let me get us closer to the sun.
3: I sincerely hope you've trained this maneuver in a simulator first,
1: said Sakashiro as she watched the yellow-orange disk of the system's class m star grow until it blocked most of the outside view the canopy turned almost fully opaque to shield the cockpit interior from the immense amount of light heat and radiation the star blasted towards the tiny ship the fuel scoop activated and valberg maximized its scoop rate by carefully moving the cobra closer until the temperature level reached a stable 65 percent He then slowed down to 30 kilometers a second and pitched the cobra's nose until the star was right above them, preventing the ship from moving any closer. "'See?' Valberg smiled. "'It's a piece of cake!' Sakashiro had never been that close to a star before. It was both scary and fascinating at once. She sometimes wondered why Logan Valberg stayed within the pilot's Federation district. He was a talented pilot who had acquired his license months ago and was more than ready to move out and get his career started." Instead, he spent his days either doing courier jobs for lousy payment or hanging out with her. She looked at him while he was busy monitoring the scooping process and plotting a course in the galaxy map. Although he was three years younger than her, Valberg's height and Caucasian traits made him appear older than Sakashiro. Did he stay because losing his district permit would separate him from her? Sakashiro did not know. She was bad at decoding facial expressions and too afraid to ask.
0: That was awesome. All right, Yuna, um, your story is pretty awesome, and uh, I'm digging it thus far, and I can't wait to see how it continues. So tune in next week as uh, we hear Roy continue along with the uh, exciting adventures Unbound, the Yuna Sakashira story, which can also be found on Inara, if you want to go and look that up. Uh, It is some really, really good stuff. In addition to that, uh, after we can finish up with the Saga of Yuna, which will be for a while because uh, it's we've, we've got some, some more episodes to come, but if you want to have your story added to the sort of in-game fiction section of the show and hear Roy read it out in his... Like, I'm not going to lie, Roy, you you, you, sh- you could probably make some money reading out people's books because that shit was legit. Um, then, uh, you know, let us know about it and we'll put you in the rotation uh, after you know we can we can look into it. And Roy is in charge of that section. So he would be the person to contact in our discord. Um, that's Commander Roy Cookson, the uh, the smooth and sultry voice. of. <laughs> All right. Let's jump right on to the next section, uh, which is, uh, this one's a little bit of a weird one, uh, but we're gonna do it. So yeah, let's just jump into it. Uh, As everybody knows, the Children of Raxla are a secret or sort of secretive organization. They're, They're not really public with regard to their membership and their activities and whatnot. And that's sort of the way they like to stay in general uh today's gonna sort of be an exception i would like to come forth i guess now and say that i am a ambassador for the children of raxla uh, and i've been asked by the consul of the children of raxla by the leadership to convey a message to the greater um community of uh, elite dangerous um basically there were some statements made uh, in a stream, not that long ago, uh, Drew Wagar had talked about uh, the, the Children of Raxla sort of ending, breaking up at after a certain point, and uh, they wanted to sort of clarify or or rectify the issue. Now, in defense of Drew, he actually sort of uh, misspoke in the midst of a, a long sort of, you know, uh, stream. And, and, and let me tell you, as somebody who streams for a couple hours every Friday, uh, I, I misspeak at least five or six times on every last one of them. But uh, he was made aware of the error and he rectified it already. He has made a, a public statement uh, on Twitter. But I mean, there's a lot of people that don't sort of see statements on Twitter. So I just wanted to clarify uh, the children of Raxla. Uh, have always been an underground, not really a public uh, type of, of, of situation or, or group or, or endeavor. Um, we leave that to others. Uh, we supported Operation Ida, incursions against Aegis from the very beginning, dug up all kinds of secrets with Cannon and the Rifters. Um, uh, uh, the, the message here that I received from a, um, a person I'm not going to name, uh, out of their their sort of respect for their anonymity, uh, but they are uh, children of Raxla leadership. Uh, I kindly ask that you just say that we're alive and kicking, and also that we are in support of the Dark Wheel project that you are working on. Since it drives home, the pressure needed to put on the club. Um, so, as an ambassador for the Dark Wheel, as a member of the organization with regard to the the discord and, and and a person who passes on information from time to time and and actually will be bringing you a interview with a member of leadership of the dark wheel in the very near future um, I just wanted to pass that along and and let you know that in the future if anything does come up, that sort of needs to be passed on by them, I'm I'm more than happy to do it and relay it to the the general uh, public. In in addition to that, I will say personally that I am very, very thankful for the work that various members of the Dark Wheel have done sort of anonymously or or, not anonymously in that we know who it is that's doing work, but they haven't sort of come out and said, hey, we're, we are children of Raxla. They've just been working on this project, and they've been instrumental in several of the steps, the key steps along the way of not only this project, but a good deal of other projects around the elite dangerous community that I think people would be sort of shocked to find out about just how deeply they run and 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 how many things they're involved in. Um Real quick, does anybody have any questions or statements on that from the group, from the panel? Mm -hmm. Nope. Hearing none, we'll move on. All right. So now we get to Frontier News. Let's start with the post first and just kind of get that out of the way. Um, The very first thing is, uh, let's see here. Frontier made an announcement that... uh, on the forums uh today at 9 48 a.m eastern standard time saying uh earlier this year due to covid yada 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 we took our sort of channel down we you know we did our two streams a week and we stopped sort of doing that because we were working from home we were doing other things with content creators etc um uh they said uh we're going back to sort of our schedule. Our regular streams will be on Monday at 11 a.m. UTC, 12 p.m. Or, excuse, yeah, p.m. is the one that's in the afternoon. Yeah, 12 noon uh, BST. And Thursdays at 1800 uh, UTC, 1900 BST. So that's 7 p.m. England time, which is uh, 2 p.m. Ameri- Eastern time in America. And then there their noon one British summertime would actually be 7 a.m. Monday mornings Eastern uh, daylight time uh, and in addition to that uh, they have transitioned now they they've been every week you you would find them on the frontier live stream they're not on the frontier live stream anymore they've jumped back to the elite dangerous branded live you know page so that you will find them elite dangerous on twitch elite dangerous on youtube that's the channel they will be uh posting from which for those people that sort of don't know that is a good sign because that means okay we have stuff we really sort of want to show now we're not treading water we're transitioning into this is the stuff that we want saved on our youtube stuff so that people in the future go back and see it when they're putting out big stuff new stuff awesome stuff and they have cool shit to say that's how they do it all right we're gonna skip this we don't really need input on that we're gonna move on to the next thing which now we're getting to the good stuff let's start off with the stream which was the monday super cruise news there was a little bit of information in there nothing super you know earth shattering but uh you know, some some good stuff and, and basically just sort of teasing for hey, tomorrow's the dev diary, we're going to tell you stuff tomorrow. We Can't talk about that now. But tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. So let's jump right to tomorrow. Tomorrow was Tuesday, which started off, there were two separate streams or, or, or video products, let's call them that were put out by Frontier development. So first off, we had the dev diary, which actually dropped early in the day. Um around I guess noonish in England, which is like early in the morning, America time. And that dev diary was called Elite Dangerous Odyssey, The Road to Odyssey Part One, One Giant Leap. That was what it was quote unquote listed as. Uh, but then there was actually a a, a uh, important piece that if you actually watch the stream that came up uh on it when it started playing which was uh so first off when you first saw it and the link is in the show notes to it when you first saw it it says pre-alpha engine footage that's the very first thing that you see so take that under advisement then the full title which shows nine seconds into the video is episode one planetary exploration oh let me turn that alarm off that is not something that was supposed to come on planetary exploration and um let's see here yes so then we had pierce jackson the game director uh was talking about how elite spans back over four decades uh as an mmo and the current iteration uh you know is is or sorry elite spans back for four decades and the current iteration is an mmo now some people I saw some sort of question about it where people are saying, why is he saying the current iteration is an MMO? Is that because, you know, uh, they're going to change it? No, he's saying Elite started 40 years ago as a single-player game. Then there was Frontier Encounters 2. Then there was Frontier, what it was, FFE 2 something. Uh, All of those were the single-player game. Elite 4, which is this, Elite Dangerous, is the first MMO or, you know, is the MMO iteration. And that's what it is. So don't just everybody relax about that, the, the wording on that. Um, then we had Chris Gregory, the art director talk about added dimensions on foot. Uh, let's see, there was specula- speculated upon the background pictures, I've seen some streams where people have said, like, hey, let's look closely at these background pictures throughout the, you know, thing where, where you have like the dev will be in the front and then there's sort of some art in the background. And like, let's look, let's parse that for clues. Those pictures are just the stock, uh, footage that was, or not stock footage, the, uh, concept art that was put in the, um, it was put in the press kit that was mailed out to people back in June. So there's, there's no real sort of, uh, deep, uh, um, like meaning to parse out from those uh gareth hughes the lead designer uh talked about uh, the first time you get out of your ship on foot and you see how massive these ships actually are um he talks about that and there's a, a great image of a lone pilot out front uh with a rifle staring off at the horizon on a gorgeous rocky world uh in front of the cobra um with this you know the the stairs and the landing gear that's that's visible there we have let's see one second here okay um in addition pierce jackson the game director talking about the dangers of exploring other worlds on foot paired with the concept art of the eva suits now there are this is at the one minute three seconds there are two suit variants that are shown there's the male who appears to be a sergeant uh an e5 based on the the rank insignia on his arm pad there uh he's in a combat suit it's more heavily armored there is a utility belt with uh ammo bags on his suit he's got a magnetic holster on his right hip with a sidearm and a hard pack on his uh sorry on his left hip he's got a hard pack on his right hip uh probably a med pack now there's a a uh, female next to him in a different suit. She appears to be a gunny, gunnery sergeant, an E7, uh, and what looks like she's wearing a more explorer variant. There's less armor value on her on her uh, suit. She has an, a magnetic belt that goes around the back, where like you know you could put it's just the same way as the magnetic uh, holsters there for their two weapons on their hips. You could She could put little packets or, or, or little things that goes around the back, but it doesn't completely come around to the front. Um, let's see here. And she's got a... Uh, she has a, a sidearm as well on a magnetic uh, holster, and then she's got a soft satchel on her left hip, which... W- what i think maybe is a sample collection kit which we'll get into that sample collection kit um pierce jackson the game director then talks about the neil armstrong moment uh and in that uh there's a picture at that moment where it shows a woman staring up at the night sky in, in dark she's bathed in the light of an srv that's uh, right behind her it's got a heavy rifle variant and appears to have some lit panel on her chest maybe around her collarbone i'm not sure exactly what I zoomed in on that and looked a couple of times it could be some sort of basically variation of like a space version of like a miner's lamp that you would normally see on like a helmet or whatever but she's got a some kind of thing around her collarbone area that would be it seems to be sort of lit up some sort of light source um let's see here now in the video that they showed there i want to highlight the fact that she's immobile she's just standing still but she's clearly breathing heavily you see her sort of you see her body sort of rocking a little bit and you see her you know her chest heaving up and down so she is it's not like some sort of mmos where they have a like a mannequin type of of movement model where there's no moving you can see her swaying a little bit her arms are rocking a little bit her chest is you know she's breathing heavily like she's excited or just you know, something just happened. So, like, I, I very much like that, that it's not just going to be, you know, here's our characters, and they have these sort of chunky walking movements or, you know, whatever, and then, you know, when they stand still, they they go into mannequin mode where they're perfectly still, and it, it's it's sort of unnatural. This seems much more uh, realistically done, really, really good uh Animation, At least just for that sort of movement Which I, I dig that If you can get the little moments right I think you have a way better job Or chance of getting the big moments right uh, At a minute and 33 seconds in There's footage over a Mars-like world With light atmospheric, Showing off uh, enhanced planet tech uh, There's craters, mountains, erosion, etc Then we get to the meat of this whole thing This is what this whole thing is about and that's Dr. K. Ross. We love you, Dr. K. And I, we hope that you're feeling better. She's she's recovering right now from a surgery. We love you, Dr. K. Be well. All right. So she's discussing the planet tech uh, and uh, the, the changes to like a Mars-like low atmosphere. There's a shot at, with changes to the Mars-like low atmosphere. There's a rocky, barren world with clearly shows tectonic influenced proc gen i.e you've got a mountain range that's along uh, like a tectonic uh fault line there and you i mean you can see it very very clearly the way that it's lined up and you can see what it is and that's super super interesting at a minute and 49 seconds in there's an alternate shot of a ridge line showing tectonic influence proc gen as well as uh Along the erosion lines, there's clearly indicating previous erosion activity uh, running down the ridges. Maybe glacial. I don't. I don't know, but you know, it's 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 definitely showing something. You can see where something had been running down that hill. Now, I don't know if that was you know hundred years ago or a billion years ago. Like I, I'm not that kind of guy that knows stuff like that, but it's it's legit. Then uh, we have Pierce Jackson, the game director, at a minute and 54 seconds in, talking about, he's talking over an aerial overhead image uh, of the same position from the previous shot of the pilot staring off at the vista in the rocky barren world. It it again shows off the planet tech, um, and he's saying, we're really striving to make our planets look fantastic from an on-foot perspective where you can get much, much closer to them. This is... uh, Uh, both with new rocky planets and new ice worlds that's the first time that you know it was said flat out ice so ice world these are they're showing this video right here it's sort of it's titled what one giant leap or one first step or whatever it should be titled planetary tech that's what this video is showing off that is the meat and potatoes of this this is this is the cool shit that we need to see here which is the planetary tech um, and yeah, so th- these are the two types of planets. They broke it down specifically. All right. Um, let's see. Uh, it looks absolutely incredible. He says the screen transitions from one to the other, demonstrating the planet tech for both. Then we get Dr. K. Ross, the principal K. Program, the principal programmer. Uh, two minutes and six seconds in, she says, "Worlds heavy in ice will end up." with ice world specific formations you'll end up with Linnae or lanai i don't know how to pronounce that properly palimpsest and cryovolcanism. now let's go through a real quick definition of each of these three things because i looked them up because it's like all right when somebody really smart just throws off stuff like that it's like yeah did you just give me some massive clue to shit that i need to see and and let me let me go look and sort of see um with regard to uh, Linnae, Linnae, let's say Linnae. Uh, it's a noun, plural, Linnae, astronomy, geology. Any long marking, dark or bright, on a planet or moon's surface. The moons Dione and, Euro, Dion and Europa have prominent Linnae. Sometimes this is used as a shorthand by planetary scientists to refer to reoccurring slope Linnae, RSL, or narrow, which are narrow dark-toned streaks that descend steep Martian slopes, beginning in higher-lying rocky outcrops. outcrops. We have ample evidence of this on Mars, where the sunlight hitting craters causes something, suspected to be briny water, uh, slightly cooking off to create both water vapor and small amounts of runoff that create small ravines digging into the rocky surface. That In the image that you're seeing on the screen right there, those lines that are going down that that whatever the hell that is that mountain that that slope that line is that so what you're seeing there is evidence of sort of briny water or whatever that's trapped in 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 minute parts within the, the rock surface or whatever is is cooking off when it's hit by the sunlight and we've got actual really good imagery from from mars of you can see this is not a thing that we're talking about oh this happens over the courses of billions of years this is something that happens very 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 fast it is uh it's it's ridiculously uh like over the course of weeks you'll see these things form up and then as you know a different area sort of gets hit by the sun then you see that 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 process move to another area and another area and it it's the thing that just happens and as it's not getting hit by the sun then it cools and then this 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 briny water or whatever it is sort of resettles into the, the minerals or into the whatever as, as as it moves on to the next location. So that's what a linea is. And that's important. We're going to get to that in just a second here. And we've got the definition of palimpsest. The other thing, a palimpsest in planetary astronomy is an ancient crater on an icy moon of the outer solar system whose relief has disappeared due to Uh, creep in icy surface viscous it's called it's a process called viscous relaxation or subsequent cryovolcanic outpourings leaving a circular uh, albedo feature perhaps with a ghost of a rim so if you see on the screen there you've got several of them and what you're talking about there is it, it was at one point sort of like a crater looking thing but then over a geological process what you end up with is it kind of flattens out more pancakey, so, like, it doesn't have as much of a rim. And then you get these striations that are, like, going in different directions from, basically, like, Linnae. Different, different, different like, things are, are, are melting and going this way or that way or whatever. And then we come to cryovolcanism. Cryovolcanism is a type of volcano that erupts volatile, such as water, ammonia, or methane, instead of molten rock. These are collectively referred to as cryomagma. These substances are usually liquid and can form plumes, but can also be in vapor form. After the eruption, the cryomagma is expected to condense to a solid form when exposed to the very low surface surrounding temperatures. Cryovolcanoes may potentially form on icy moons and other objects with abundant water uh, past the solar system snow line, which is Pluto in our case. a number of features uh, have now been identified as possible possible cryovolcanoes on pluto titan series and uh subsequent domes of europa uh have cryovolcanic origins if you notice there the first image that we just showed was like a a diagram showing how that process works the second image that you see right there there's the diagram the second image that you see right there is you can actually if you look on the side there where the light is hitting it you can see these little sort of volcanic eruptions that in a situation where you have no or very little atmosphere, they can actually even project mass. They can project items, whether it's methane or, uh, like actually chunks of ice or, uh, the other stuff, as I just explained, it can project that out into, you know, sort of near orbit, which would eventually probably get grabbed by the, by the, uh, the uh gravity and pulled back in but it th- this can be some pretty serious shit is what we're talking about here um so yeah that's big um it can also in addition they're they're known to form uh volcanoes ice guys geyser, ice geysers uh and they've been uh observed on uh Enceladus, which is what you're seeing there in the in the image uh, and potentially on Triton uh, One potential energy source from some of the solar bodies From melting ice is producing cryovolcanoes Is the tidal friction The tidal friction in the subsurface Basically creates enough friction and heat And and sort of explosive pressure That it just shoots this shit up Which is pretty cool Alright, so let's get back to Now that we kind of understand those three terms This is why it's important Because we're going to show you something here at two minutes and nine seconds into the actual uh dev diary uh you can see a fog or water vapor effect in the background on a planetary approach uh over see right there if you look in the background there to the left where the light is hitting there's areas now i'm not talking about the far far background that far background that's the actual atmosphere and that circle that circles the whole whole planet there but you can see there's areas where the light is hitting that you should you know be able to make out very very clear and distinct uh, the hashes and the different little rocky outcrops and, and whatever in the ice the icy outcrops or whatever but there's areas where it looks foggy that fog as based on what we've just heard from from Dr. K you're looking at either you know Mass that is e- erupting and ejected from cryovolcanism of some kind, or you're talking about, as we talked about with the the palimpsest and the Liné, you're talking about areas where water vapor or some form of liquid vapor has kind of cooked off, and it's creating like a fog effect. It, you're you're, look, you're seeing so not dust, but what you're seeing is sort of water vapor or some liquid vapor that is sort of Trapped. It's cooked off, and it's trapped in in the the low area there, and could make for some interesting. As you're approaching, if you're approaching right through it, you could end up flying through some fog or some shit, which is, I think, pretty cool. Um, it's it's super super legit as far as I'm concerned. Um, and you know, I'm a dumb marine. I'm not a planetary scientist, so all this shit, I Googled, looked it up. Because I want to see what I'm going to be flying through. And if it's going to be foggy, that seems cool as shit to me. So I hope you guys find that interesting and gives you maybe a little insight to some of the stuff you're seeing and 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 that we're going to be looking for going forward. Um, all right. At two minutes and one second in, uh, it says either there is. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go back to back up at two minutes. Yeah, the, you were just at the picture. Arson. Yeah, two minutes and one second. That right. Stop, stop, there you, okay, Oh, no, don't, yeah, there, yeah, no, not on the ice, on the red one, there, okay, at two minutes and one second there, you see, either, so look at the, look at the crater in the bottom right-hand corner there, now, either, that straight line there is a graphical bug, glitch, that made it into the dev diary, which I'm going to go ahead and say it's a 90% chance that that's what it is. It's probably a graphical bug, but the 10% of me that I'm choosing to live in right now is the 10% that says that is a straight ass line shadow of a massive something. Now that could be like legit. We don't, we haven't seen all the details for how big some of these planetary stations or ports or planetary social hubs are going to be for all we know. This could be some shit like one of those Kardashev type 2 civilization planets. Those buildings where it's like a pyramid or a big-ass building that goes up, you know, 8,000 stories or whatever. Like, I don't know. It would be cool. Probably a graphical bug. But if it's a graphical bug that made it all the way to their dev diary, that's a little weird. But uh, that straight line shadow there gets me excited for what could be. I don't want to say that it's a thing and then have everybody go, Oh, you said it was a thing and it's not a thing. It's probably a graphical bug, but if it's not a graphical bug, that could be a cool ass thing. All right. So I'm super, super excited by that bit. Then we've got, let's see here. Dr. Craig Ross coming back to the principal programmer. She says worlds which are Rocky will end up with mountains, Canyon ridges, volcanic seas and basins like in the moon. Now I wanna take just a moment, mountains, canyons and ridges, we all know what those are, so I don't need to explain those or look them up. Volcanic seas, this is sort of different. Um, These are, to give you an example with regard to the moon, um, these are the darker sort of depressed bits of the moon that actually, the reason why they got their name Seas, the reason why they're called like the Sea of Tranquility, you can see on the picture there, you've got the Sea of Showers, you know, you've got the um, the Ocean of Storms, you've got the Sea of Serenity, the Sea of Tranquility, the Sea of Crisis, the Sea of uh, Fecundity or Fertility. These are called Seas because in like the 1500s and 1600s when primitive people with you know early telescopes were looking up at the moon they were like hey look at that dark stuff up there i bet you it's water we're gonna go up to the moon someday and we're gonna be rowing our boats across that shit and you know obviously we know now it's it's not you know it's not oceans and seas on the moon but um it kept its name and it's it's what what you're dealing with there are these sort of it, it almost looks like it would be like a sea without the water. It's kind of like a, a depressed area where water would fit in and, and sit just there, but it's it's you know made through uh ancient processes that that develop over time, et cetera, et cetera. But it's it's super interesting, all of this to me. So uh yeah. All right. Now, at two minutes and 25 seconds in, Jonathan Baton. Uh, the art director says, uh, you know, the rocky planets have been upgraded to the point where even the distant view looks, you know, so different. You're getting details that you've never seen before. Uh, Chris Gregory chimes in another art director, Uh, another exciting element of these new planets and new terrains, which is the light atmosphere affords, are some more vegetation, some more flora. Now it's important. Let's, we'll get back to that. Um further jonathan says uh uh the flora that we are producing we've been really interested in making sure that they are convergent life so that they're recognizable to us as different genuses and species but well, we want them to feel alien and we want them to feel plausible now at two minutes and 47 seconds in that's the image that you got up right now you see four different shubs the shrubs I can't speak today. The top middle is a medium thick, uh, it's got a helix growth pattern. So it's kind of growing in like a twisted uh, sort of like twisty manner um, as a shrub. You've got uh, the bottom on the one on the bottom left is a uh, shorter uh, version of kind of the same situation. Then you've got the one in the middle is a uh, thicker, lower to the ground growth and the one on the right is the the taller of them, it's spread out. Now that the, the last two are not sort of helix in, in nature, they're just growing out like regular shrubs. And it has uh tall stalks of, of seed pods at the very top of it, which would, you know, seem to indicate the fact that if you have those like seeds, if you're a plant that has your, your seeds sort of growing low, that's for animals to get the pollinate. And if you have them growing up like that, like out of the body of the the, the plant. It's to be picked up by wind and and moved along. Um, Let's see here. So then we move on to at 2 minutes and 49 seconds, the other type of plants that they're showing here, images of alien, I'm calling them alien cacti variants uh, with the smallest on the left, slightly larger. Uh, the clear one has seed bulbs on the right-hand side, the taller, multiple seed bulbs, bulbs, uh, and three blooms. And lastly, you'll see on the far right side, concept art of the uh, bulbs, one of which is showing an extended bulb that's sort of ready to give up its seed, and the other one is showing an expended bulb that's already dropped its seed, uh, you know, to, to pollinate on the wind, I suppose. Um, let's see here. Then we've got Gareth Hughes, the lead designer, at three minutes and two seconds, taking over, uh, talking over the image of the sampling tool. The sampling tool shows eight extractors around a core hand tool that has a grip and a detachable canister to house samples. The, the canister is marked content sealed. Uh, the second image of the uh, hand tool from the other side at three minutes and three seconds shows the item from the back. There's a red dial at the at the rear where a, a gun sight would be, except for it's it's sort of blocked. Your your sight is blocked down down the barrel, so that's clearly not a sight. It's some sort of a, a mechanism, a tuning thing or a, a a clicking thing or whatever that you use to dial in something. Um, and there seems to be some sort of a locking mechanism or a connector for a dock. It's built into the base of the stock with some other apparatus. And Garrett says. The first time a player encounters one of these new organic life forms they'll be able to sample it and extract genetic data from the organic life form they can uh then log that into their codex but also take some take it back the genetic information as data and then trade that for rewards back on star ports and planet ports um let's see at three minutes and 18 seconds in there's footage of two cobras now this one is super super interesting i want you to show this arson there's footage of two cobras that are uh, playing "Follow the Leader." Uh, now, on they're they're flying over an ice planet. Beautiful ice tech, right? You can see, everybody can see that. That's beautiful ice tech that they have all done, and it's super super interesting to me that that cobra, the cobra that you're seeing from the cockpit view, is flying at two hundred and thirty nine meters per second. There are no chevrons on that engine indicator, so that clearly showing that this footage was from well before the movement indicator chevrons were added to the game. Now they were added into the live build of the game on September 18th of 2019. So this was a dev build. So that's showing that this footage came from well over a year ago. So I've heard from some people in the community lately that have been sort of talking about like oh, well, they don't have their shit together, they're doing this last minute, they're not ready, they're not this, they're not that. And the fact of the matter is, this right here is showing you that they had icy planetary tech of some kind that was in a at least demonstrable, showable, at least from this aspect, from flying in in, in low uh, you know, proximity um, over a year ago. So to those people who are saying, you know, oh, they're doing this last minute. It's a rush up. No, no. I just don't think you understand how this process works. Frontier does not make planets. They do not make any planets. What Frontier does is they make a huge complex matrix system that then generates the planets. So they can have a lot of this stuff done, right, and usable and, and demonstrable, but it, not, it might not be right all across the, the trillions of planets that they're putting out there. So that's a, a way that you can see where that something can even sort of be ready to demonstrate on this planet over a year ago and not quite fully locked down for everything, for everyone, everywhere, up until, you know, the product gets released, which is going to be in January. So this is just a demonstration of this, this lack of a chevron indicator, which you can very clearly see on the right side. You should see chevrons. You're just seeing the blank lines. This is over a year ago that this footage comes from this, this, this particular footage of the two Cobras flying over the ice planet and, and Arson is demonstrating right there where the chevrons would be, uh, in, in, in our cockpits post September 18th of last year. All right. I found that really really interesting and i hope you did too um this is followed by 40 seconds of multiple devs touting exploration among various beautiful shots in air without chevrons uh, landing driving on srv planets uh, driving the srv on the ice planet etc so my summation of this video the video should have been called the spotlight on planetary tech i think this thing is amazing it shows incredible depth of realism and programming around both the Exogeological and exobotanical underpinning of the galaxy of Elite Dangerous Odyssey. Um they got the rocks right, they got the planets right, they've got plants right. Like they've they've got a process here that they're that they're going through. Um, this is a situation where they're continuing to tweak and tweak and tweak, and they will continue to tweak right up until the moment that they release this shit. So this is um this is pretty big and I think this was really really well done. I wish they would have called it instead of the whole I mean I know for marketing speak the the one small step or one giant leap or whatever that's that's good marketing speak but for setting expectations among the player base if you would have called this video dev diary planetary tech how we make the planets I think people would have looked at it and gone okay this answers my questions this shows you know I, I don't. I think that if they if they had other things that were coming right now, people are like, "Well, what about gas giants? What about you know water worlds? What about?" I don't think that's coming right now. If that was coming right now, they would have said it. They showed the planets in detail. They showed the systems for those planets. I think maybe we're going to be in a, we're in a situation where there's a spectrum of atmospheric landings, and we're at the start of it with icy worlds and rocky Mars-like worlds. And I think next up, maybe we get gas giants after that, maybe we get water worlds. And I think they're gonna keep this spectrum coming until, you know, we get to the point of sort of, we've got it all. But the fact that they showed off ice planets here is huge to me. And the fact that this, what blew me away, ice planets I was expecting, I was saying on the 29th, we're going to get an extended footage and they're going to show ice plants. We're going to get a trailer. I still believe we're going to get a trailer this month on August 29th, and I think it's going to have some really good stuff in there, but what I was sort of expecting while I was expecting the ice planets, the fact that they skipped ahead and already starting to bring out botany is Massive, and we're going to get into vegetation versus flora, the two definitions here when we get to the other part. Uh, but I feel like I've I've gone on for a lot and dropped a lot of stuff on you guys. So why don't we start with Roy? Give me your thoughts on not the discovery Scannery, just the dev diary. So
1: uh, the thing that stood out to me, and I've typed it into the chat here for people that are on YouTube, maybe. Um, obviously people on, on the podcast won't see it, but Dr. K is sciencing the shit out of elite odyssey. And absolutely for me, that was such a, such an awesome, I mean, it's obvious that what happened, but it was like amazing that they're taking the same level of scientific integrity that they put towards building the whole Milky Way galaxy to how do we populate these planets you know atmosphere flora and uh presumably fauna later maybe we'll see but yeah
0: for sure later
1: right but the the thing is they're taking the same approach they took the whole first pass to the second pass in terms of scientific integrity to me that was stunning that they're that they're that they're doing this on all the levels and um yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm, I'm super excited about that, that, that they're taking the same level of, of, of approach to this that's going to make us excited about going down to different planets as we've taken to exploring different planets.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. I'm seeing in the chat, people are talking about like, oh, are you saying we're going to land on gas giants? No, I'm not saying we're going to land on gas giants. What I'm saying we're going to do is we're going to scoop mine from the upper levels of gas giants and even into the intermediate between the upper and medium levels Where you can scoop out uh, massively valuable uh, different gases and whatnot that you can filter And you can use for all kinds of cool uh, things from fuels to uh, commodities, etc, cetera, etc cetera. Um, So, yeah, all right Roy, thank you for your input on that. Arson, your thoughts on the Dev Diary only.
2: Just fantastic. I mean, I was super, super hyped to see the new Planet Tech that's ever since they did the Discovery Scanner back when they were uh, preparing to release Horizons and they first revealed the way that plate tectonics are Created by the mass distribution of the solar system, which is just created by the distribution of mass in a region And then that they're really taking that Just so much further in Odyssey. There is a clear improvement. I mean, it's fantastic and botany uh, exploration all of that stuff I feel like for the first time I might actually have reason to explore.
0: Okay. I've been already exploring, but if if this is what it takes to get you out there, brother, then <laughs> that's all good. Hey, I Tweet. can only handle looking at it it's so long. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's I'm not even asked.
0: All right. <laughs> Tweet, hit us up with your
3: thoughts yeah i'm with arson and with that one i uh, i can't get myself to go out in the black ever in the three years i've been playing this game but oh. this kind of thing this kind of thing will totally get me out there exploring different planets seeing what's down there even mm. just the depth of what they've showed us this far just even the little things that everybody enjoys doing right now canyon racing imagine how much better canyon racing is going to be on these mm. types of planets it's just just little things like landing there watching the sunset on an atmospheric planet stuff like that you know just little things that we've seen right now are gonna open this game up so much more than anybody's expecting and it's yeah. just just an eight you know just a tiny tiny bit that they've shown us of what's to come. so I really think that a lot of the community is sleeping on odyssey at this point uh, I, I just think I, I really do I believe this is going to get knocked out of the park. this is gonna make this universe feel alive.
0: Yeah, man, I'm super excited. I'm looking down at that 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 rocky barren world that they showed from that, and I'm seeing Illus. And if you know yeah, what I'm right, <laughs> talking about, you know what I'm talking about. And if you don't, well, you're going to have to get in on that expanse. All but right. The cant. Yes, remember the cant. All right, Black Mace, drop some knowledge I, on us. I, first of all, it looks beautiful.
6: Absolutely stunning. I, I like particularly as well on the icy planet you can see these massive big chunks of rock just lay in there mm-hmm. and it looks a little bit different from the random gen rocks that we are seeing right now which i think is awesome mm-hmm. I, I do agree as well um i think it was was it arson who just mentioned like going out exploring uh, there's not that much to do when you go down on a planet you're driving your srv around and everything looks the same mm. in the end i think it will be really cool to go out and scan things and another thing that I that, that crosses my mind as well, I mean, these are thin atmospheres. We know that. And watching the footage on on the on the Death Diary, I don't think that they manipulate flight handling because the the atmospheres are just too thin. You can see in, in the footage that you described where you think it's um, from an older version, or it's 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 uh, it's, it's older footage. Mm-hmm. You can see that, for example, they're rolling left, but the vector of the ship isn't really changing, so it doesn't really look like there is. Uh, an an impact from the atmosphere just something yeah. i'm thinking about from a like from a racer's perspective as well you know i i know a lot of the guys over at least racers like to do canyon flying mm-hmm. um but it, it gets tough with no atmosphere i mean there's lots of uh what do you call it drifting
0: yeah yeah man all right so that's the first half and actually i'll be honest with you I poured more attention into that uh, sort of five minutes, four and a half minutes, than I did into the hour of the Discovery Scanner. But let's jump to that and we'll hop into it. Uh, so, the Discovery Scanner, the first uh, minute and 20 seconds is just Stephen introducing the pre recorded interview with David Braben. Um, and right off the bat, I got to say,
5: hmm.
0: David Braben. Phenomenal. Give us more, please. We, we love you, David Braben. Um, so Steven, what is Odyssey to you, David? It's the start of a new era. It's bringing exploration, combat on foot, atmospheres, planetary development, and it's fulfilling a promise I made back in the Kickstarter. I find that super, super interesting. When you talk about exploration, okay, w- yes, we, we have here a new, uh, form of exploration in that, uh, you're going to have these, uh, you know, these, these plants to discover, etc. Combat on foot. Obviously we're going to get to that. That's a thing. Um, atmospheres. We've already seen it. These are tenuous atmosphere planets and planetary development. Now you could take that a couple ways. I think it probably is referring to the planetary tech that we're talking about here of these, uh, you know, the, the palimpsests and the Linnae and all that stuff and, and rocks, you know, mountains and craters, tectonic uh, sort of plates and whatnot. I think that's what he's talking about there with planetary development. You could also make an argument for planetary development being like literally building up a planet. Now, I understand they said that base building is not in the in the roadmap player control base building or whatnot, but they never mentioned anything with regard to for all we know it, it, they said that there's going to be new missions and new mission game loops and all kinds of stuff. Um, you know it, it that that, that uh, like they're going to have all this stuff for these new social hubs and 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 missions and things to do on the on the planets at the planetary post and the and the, uh, uh, what is it there's there's outposts, there's settlements, settlements and then there's, uh, there's little villages, there's all different kinds of stuff. So for all we know, like doing a bunch of missions, if you put something in boom or expansion or, or you know, whatever, like maybe you can build up as a not up as a player controlled single structure base building, but as a group activity that is sort of run within the BGS I don't know. It's just a thought. It's a, it's a flight of fancy. We'll see. Um, the, the trick to this is keep your hopes high and your expectations low and you'll be happy. So, all right. Five minutes and 27 seconds, Steven. This is the first developer. Oh, sorry. Uh, oh, this is the first developer diary. Can you give us an insight? What is yet to come? David. There will be further diaries yet to come looking into things like gameplay, how the missions work, how combat works, and how further environments work. And then of course, there's Odyssey itself. All right. That brings up two huge questions for me. One where it says, uh, how further environments work is that saying that we're gonna have a situation like um you know oh there's more planets that we just haven't told you about more planet types that we haven't told you about or is that maybe like a dev diary that they'll do at the end where it'll be like uh yeah we'll have uh you know this coming in three months and this coming in six months or this coming in whatever where it's like water worlds here gas giants here and like some sort of a roadmap that could be a very beautiful awesome fucking amazing thing and then when he says and odyssey itself and then of course there's odyssey itself let me tell you this to me and this okay This may be crazy, crazy conspiracy theory tinfoil hat time, but go with me for a second here. What is Odyssey? Odyssey is the greatest story ever told. You're talking about the story of Odysseus, the 10 year long journey to try to come back from the, uh, you know, the Iliad, the the war that they had and he had, he goes through this whole process. He's pisses off a God, then another one shit happens, it goes sideways, whatever. And he's going through this long journey that's being chronicled, and it is "quote unquote" the greatest story ever written. Uh, what if what David just hinted at there is that he said, you know, what's more to come? Well, there's more to come. Is how missions work, okay? Check, that's a gameplay loop. How combat works, check, that's a gameplay loop. How further environments work? Question mark. That could be awesome, whatever. But then Odyssey itself. What do you mean Odyssey itself? To me, what if he's saying, oh, we're bringing back a living story into the game, or we're doing some kind of something tied to some big story arc or some something. I don't know. Maybe it's a thing. Maybe it's maybe I'm just being crazy. But when you say different things and then you say and Odyssey itself, that to me is like, huh? all right. Or there's some other loop. Or or process that's not the stuff we've already heard about and that's not, you know, the other things that he mentions there. So combat uh, and further environments and the mission. There's what is Odyssey itself? That's that or maybe I'm over reading into it. And what he's talking about there is, you know, oh, the last dev diary will just be a massive sort of orgy of footage of you know, new ships, new SRVs, new, you know, this building works like this and that thing works. Who knows? I don't know. But that, that bit got me super, super excited under those two points of Further Environments and Odyssey itself. And I would love to hear from you guys what your thoughts are on that. So my takeaway from the David Braben section Is that David Braben talking excitedly About the game and the fact that there are now More players than ever before Was pure gold More David Braben, please Anytime you can get that man's face on screen You are selling tickets You are selling product That is a no-brainer home run Every time um, Let's yeah yeah let's just push through. Um, so then David ends David exits the, the the live stream the quote unquote discovery scanner sh- stream at 11 minutes. They play the dev diary play it for the first time at 11 minutes and it goes into the 15 minute mark. Then starting at 16 minutes and 48 seconds uh, Darren Halil is introduced uh, as a senior designer um, Steven. Uh these are all Remlock suits, yeah. 18 minutes and 43 seconds in. Uh, uh let's see Darren Halil. The suits are all made by Remlock, but they have all uh but they all have their own names. Now mm. he didn't say both. He didn't say both suit types because in the picture there in the image you see two very clear suit types and some people are sort of like oh it's the man in the woman suit no no they're very clearly different the man suit has a boxier more reinforced helmet the woman's suit has greater visibility uh as i stated before you know the woman's breastplate is is uh, of a different design the man looks like his suit has along with it uh it has uh see on the front there on his breastplate where he's got what appears to be it's more flattened and he has what appears to be like a hook there for a repelling line uh like a combat repel line that 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 hooks sort of midway between his his right nipple and his armpit there's a there's a hook there um you know they're, they're very clearly two separate variant suits different glove types different uh, uh patterns different shoulder pads different everything and on those two so they showed two types and yet when Darren talks about it he doesn't say they both have different names the two types he says all have different they're all made by Remlock and they all have their own names for the types so maybe this is just the first two and we're gonna see more we'll have to see um all right 19 minutes in, uh, it, they talked about hearing the breathing in the EVA suits, just like how you hear your breathing when you crack your your uh, uh, canopy. At 24 minutes and 21 seconds in, Darren Halil. Uh, we've had information on the chemical compositions and atmospheric densities and pressures for each planet all along. The Planet Tech uses this information to make unique colors and atmospheric effects for each planet. So some of them, you know, the different sunsets will have different, the vistas will have different colors depending on the stars that are emitting the, the light, the distances from that star to the body that you're on, the chemical composition of what the atmosphere that you're you're in is, and the thickness of the atmosphere will, will appear different. Some will maybe be more hazy looking and other more crystal clear. Um, This is this is all great shit that has me super, super excited because they're getting sort of, again, get the planets right. This is not a process like World of Warcraft where, okay, I'm going to make these 10 zones and I'm going to handcraft and put like a tree here, a bush here, a a cave here, a, a lake here. No, they're just making this massive engine that itself generates billions of star systems with trillions of planets. Um, yep, Stephen, I can answer that question. How many new planets? Trillions of planets there already are. That's the thing. So, all right. Um, let's see here. Then we've got uh uh 25 minutes in, Stephen. To me, the ice planet just looks cold. Yes, ice planets are cold. 29 minutes and 21 seconds in. The vegetation and flora. Darren Halil talking about the vegetation and flora. Now, as a clarification, vegetation is an assemblage of plant species and the ground cover they provide. It's a general term uh, without specific reference to a specific or particular taxa of plants. Uh, these life forms, structure, spatial extent, etc. For any uh, other specific botanical or geographical characteristics, it's a broader term than flora which refers to a specific species of of composition so uh perhaps the closest synonym is is a plant to sort of a plant community um but vegetation can and often does refer to a wider range of spatial scales than the term does including than than that term does flora including scales as large as the global uh primeval redwood forest uh coastal mangrove stands uh what the hell a, sh- a shagnum bog okay desert soil crusts uh roadside weed patches wheat fields cultivated gardens and lawns all of these are encompassed by the term vegetation so um now, the vegetation type is determined by characteristics of dominant species, common aspects of assemblage, and the elevation range and environmental commonality. The contemporary use of vegetation approximates that what ecologist uh, Frederick Clement's term, earth cover, uh, an expression still used by the Bureau of Land Management. So to be clear, flora is a plant. You're referring to the plant. Like, okay, see right there, those three little weird alien cactuses, those are three distinct pieces of flora. But vegetation could be anything from, uh, you know, a few various bushes together amongst a rocky outcrop all the way to the Amazon rainforest that covers thousands of square miles. I'm not trying to be overly whatever and say... Oh my God, this is, you know, uh, that's it. We're getting full on whatever worlds. Yes, I I do understand. And I would probably lean people towards setting their expectations toward the idea of this is going to be sort of smaller grouping of plants, at least for these more Mars-like worlds. But there is sort of a precedent here in what they're saying for them creating a whole process of plants that some areas of the proc gen may create, you know, large grouping of plants. So I'm going to take just a moment here and I'm going to start. Let's 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 break this up here because there's a bunch of stuff I want to get feedback from Roy first, then Arson uh, and, and tweaked on on this. Go ahead, Roy.
1: Yeah. So uh I gotta believe that from a business perspective, like like let's take a step back here and, and they've got multiple game uh, assets and they've been developing multiple things in other games like their you know, Jurassic Park and Coaster and whatever. Uh, I gotta believe that they're going to try to incorporate elements of those games that reuse those, right? So if you talk about things being planet wide and uh, flora and so forth it makes total sense like this isn't just about someone designing the next new one thing for you to scan on uh, elite dangerous it's about what, a, what what are the other assets they've developed in other games they can bring into this and i feel like they're they're going to leverage this and it's going to be larger larger than what we've seen just from from elite because of the other games
2: I guess I'll uh, go ahead and go next. Just to kind of trail off where where Roy left off, uh, Planet Zoo is the example that I would cite the most on there. Now, it's not for flora, but it is for fauna. But they have simulation of basically the DNA of all of the animals. So lions, tigers, bears, oh my, like all that stuff you get two of them that breed you know they of course have their species genetics mm. that breeding creates an entirely new uh creation uh and it it, it mimics real life dna morphing over generations and you can track genealogy and all kinds of stuff there's no reason that that technology couldn't have been ported over to plants now granted when they procedurally generate a planet i something tells me it's not a great expectation to expect flora or, or, or yeah florida just colonize a planet over time but when you do that initial generation you could absolutely go in and be like yeah okay this is the projected growth pattern and the, just the potential of what they could do I, I can't wait to start seeing vegetation i think that they were very wise to let us discover it for ourselves and only tease it
0: I think, I think also, too, you're going to end up with, as, as they talk about each of the various species having their own sort of um, characteristics, you're going to have some species that are more invasive than others. So it might start off with a few patches here or there, but who's to say that the, as the process goes, you don't see it spread? You know I don't know it would be
2: awesome if you did, but they, I gotta say they definitely have the programming for that kind of uh breeding in a species of something doesn't have to be a animal mm-hmm.
0: uh, <laughs> I'm thinking more plants at the moment, but I'm not yeah yeah, yeah, but yeah no
2: i'm just I'm just saying, but that's where the programming originally is for. it's for the animal breeding, but there's no reason that it couldn't have been done for plant life, and that to me is super super exciting. I did not expect any kind of vegetation, specifically, or uh, flora in this update. I just expected
0: barren a great worlds. Point. Yep, yeah. me too. Me too as 100%. Tweet.
3: Yeah, the vegetation to me, the first thing I thought of is if there's vegetation, we mm-hmm. get some heated planets and the possible jungle formulations you know these things could start overgrowing throughout you know as time goes on you know from 3305 to 3306 and 7 and 8 you might see this stuff start changing the landscape of these planets the other yeah. thing I thought of instantly is if there's vegetation then what if there's human settlements out there that can that, that they can live off this or use this vegetation and it just my mind started branching out from there with this kind of thing beautiful
0: alright does anybody have any more commentary on the stuff that I've already covered before I hop into the second half of this?
2: Just picture Stephen in the bottom right corner as the aliens meme, but saying vegetation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. All right. So, uh, let's see here. All right. So we've covered the, the whole thing of vegetation and flora. At 31 minutes and, and 39 seconds in, the scanning tool,
5: mm. uh,
0: Stephen, this is the field sampler, Darren Halil, uh, 33 minutes and 27 seconds in. Um, it will be fine-tuning your sampling. It's a tool of precision. Now, to me, what that says there is, there's a possible gameplay minigame such as the FSS scanner you're you're going to be scanning back and forth and like whoop, 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 tweak it here and there and get it to the right zone to you know oh you got just the same way there's the FSS scanner has a minigame the 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 SSD mining has a minigame your your core mining has a minigame your 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 planetary mapping your you know with the, the detailed surface scanner has a minigame I think you're going to have some mini-game to collect this data, and I, I'm I'm for that. I think that's awesome. Um, let's see. 33 minutes and 49 seconds in. Steven. And that genetic data is then loaded, locked into your codex, and you can also sell that data to planet ports and star ports, and when you do this, you will be able to rank in, and this is huge, you will be able to rank in one of the new systems exobiologist. now one of the new systems so everybody's talking about hey wow they showed off that we're getting quint elite you know you're gonna have combat elite trade elite exploration elite tqc elite and now exobiologist elite and i'm saying uh-uh you weren't paying attention to what that man just said because that man just said one of the new system, which means at the very least, we're getting sexto elite, I think six would be sexto, right? Like sextant? Yeah. So now, either he misspoke, which happens sometimes uh, in a section where he was clearly reading off the prompt, I don't believe that he misspoke, I believe that he's he, he said what there was there, but who knows? Um, Or there are now more new ranks that are going to be coming in Odyssey other than the exobiologist now the two that strike me as super obvious would be exogeologist you know some form of planetary mineralogist or i guess exomineralogist whatever you want to call it where you're using a similar hand tool or the same hand tool to scan rocks for mineral compositions or whatever or some form of a uh you know whatever something to do with studying the rocks on the planet or the sixth elite will be ground combat elite you know will be pew 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 laser rifle elite because that's i mean we we've seen we've seen walking the league said first person shooter Everything that we've seen or people with guns, we haven't seen us we haven't seen a single fucking pacifist out here. Every last person's got a gun. All gods children. Everybody apparently in the future of space is Texan. Everybody's got a gun. So space pew pew on foot would seem to also fit as a good sixth elite. I leave it to you to decide. Or maybe, because he didn't say one of the two systems he said one of the new systems so maybe all three maybe we're gonna go septo elite which is exobiologist is five exogeologist geologist is six i think there's got to be a better term for it because geology literally means geology is like the study of the earth's rocks but exo is outer rock you know, outer, i don't know maybe there's a better term for it but exo mineralogist or exo something um and then and 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 then uh a ground combat would be the sixth or seventh in this case elite so we're i don't think we're going to end up with five elites at the end of at the at, at, you know at at odyssey i think we're going to end up with at least six elites i could be wrong tell me what you think in the comment section of the uh you know of the video or or in the feedback Um, there's a lot of good shit to dig your teeth into here, but I think that I don't think he meant to say it just there, but I think that it's true. I don't think he misspoke in the sense of he said a thing that's not true. I think he misspoke in that he overplayed his hand and said a thing that he didn't mean to say just yet, uh, which is super, super interesting. So, um, And then also, interestingly, the conversation around that point was quite stilted Like they were trying very hard to refrain from wandering into an area that they were very, very close to. And since the new rank is exobiologist and not exobotanist, is there a small chance that some small low percentage of planets will contain exofauna in addition to exoflora? They said that the field sampler would be used to take, quote, genetic data from life forms, it
5: mm. Did not
0: say plants. Now, to be clear, I'm not saying I think we're going to have space Tyrannosaurus Rexes just yet. That would be what you would call mega fauna. Uh, and I think that this that would probably need a lot more work down the road to uh, sort of get us to a point of, you know, first fauna that you're gonna probably start with a lot of like herbivore type fauna and then predator fauna and then mega fauna and maybe cycles. I don't know. I'm not a smart guy there. You need a smart guy to answer that shit, but you could have to start off with. You could have, you know, mushrooms and other fungus. We know mycoid virus is a thing that's out there. We could have like fungus in space. You could have like little slugs or some little, you know, maybe rodent type shit running around. I don't know, but that's super, super interesting. All right. 35 minutes and 30 seconds in, Stephen. Obviously, this is just one tool that we will be running around with. I'm very excited to see what other kinds of tools we will be using in Odyssey. Hmm. That right there, again, tips his hand. And I think that he meant to tip his hand. I think that was not, I think he screwed up on the other part when he said one of the new uh, combat or one of the new elite ranks. I think here he was very specifically told, okay, this is going to be your little wink, wink. You're gonna, you're gonna tease this so people will start talking about it. My guess is you're talking. Your other tool would be some sort of a mineral analyzer and or a mining multi-tool. That to me seems super, super, like obvious as another tool. Um, I don't think he's talking about guns there because we've already seen the guns every which where. That's not really a shock to anyone but I think there's gonna be some other hand tool that comes out in this process that'll be interesting. Uh, 36 minutes and 33 seconds in, Steven. Another feature that we're very excited to announce on the stream is that if you were the first person to set boots on a planet, you will be recorded as the first person to set foot on it. Very cool, it's a thing, it's obvious, it says what it is right on the tin, it's not really needing much more discussion. Uh, They played the dev diary again Again, at 41 minutes and 50 seconds, then at 46 minutes and 30 seconds, um, Stephen. As I said, I will be looking to answer some questions, and then he proceeds to not answer any questions. Uh, please don't don't do that. That that pisses people off unnecessarily. Just please just say at the top, we will not be answering questions today. Okay. Um, this is a special stream. This is a announcement of stuff stream. We're not going to answer any questions. What we're going to do instead is I'm going to ask you I Steven, I'm going to ask you the public questions. What do you think of this? What do you think of that? And, and that it, it, it's better to flip the script than to lie. Don't say I'm going to look to answer some questions and then not answer a single question. Uh, It wouldn't be a problem if you don't keep saying Because he says like three times I'm going to answer some questions I'm going to answer some questions I'm going to answer some questions Then he does not answer a single question Literally You were asked How many planets will there be? Okay Now you didn't give an answer to that question The answer was stated earlier in the stream By your CEO David Braben When he said There's going to be trillions of planets There already is trillions of planets But you said You're not going to answer that Uh, Then you were asked Will there be multiple types of suit? To be clear, in the stream, you clearly showed off two variants. That's a multiple. That's multiple types of suit. You could have literally gave the answer. As Darren Halil said earlier, explicitly, Remlock is the manufacturer of this suit. And each of the suits have, you know, different names. Therefore, yes, there will be multiple, at least two variants of suits. You don't have to say more than that. But... If you're asked a question and you say you're going to answer questions and you get two softballs that have obvious answers hanging right there that you can give without giving up any other information, answer them. All right. Uh, Let's see. I watched the entire video to list any questions answered, not a single one, even the two examples cited above that were answered earlier in the stream. Uh, in future streams of this nature just say i'm gonna flip the script this time we're not answering questions we're asking you and then say hey guys what do you think of the rock tool analyzer hey guys what do you think of these plants hey guys what do you think of these ice worlds this looks cool right and you can just cherry pick easy you know responses that people make and you can talk about it a little and and you can direct the conversation that way which is way less stressful on you and also not sort of baiting the trolls because you just you don't want to lie on the stream like that. It's just not good. All right, so in summation, David Braven part was fantastic. More please. We love you, David. Darren Holil needs a new mic. Dude, you're awesome, but your mic is not. Uh Don't call it a discovery. The, from the very beginning, there's a lot of people that were sour on this because they called it a discovery scanner. This is not a discovery scanner. Discovery scanner is... Uh, you know, a, a community manager asking detailed, scripted, guided questions through a uh, a very sort of complex matter with a dev about an aspect of the game, i.e. when you do a Discovery Scanner about like the, the phenomenal, the very first Discovery Scanner ever, which was with uh, Ed and Dr. K, about the Stellar Forge or you have the amazing one about the sound uh, uh, um, thing, how the sound department does Foley or whatever it's called in computer games work. You've got other other really, really good ones that you can fall back on. Those were discovery scanners. This was not a discovery scanner. It should have been called something, I don't know, Spotlight on the Dev Diary, or something that was accurate to what it was so that again, you wouldn't predispose people to go, Well, that sucked as a Discovery Scanner, because it doesn't match what the other Discovery Scanners were. Uh, I don't want to beat on this one, so I'm just going to skip the thing about don't say you're going to answer questions and then don't. Uh, Do not play the Dev Diary three times it was played. Don't play the Dev Diary three times in the spotlight. It just comes off as filler, and it turns something that was awesome... ...into something that people are bored of seeing... ...for the third time in under an hour. Um, Now, having said all of that... ...buried in what was decidedly underwhelming as a stream... ...as far as the presentation of how that... ...just that part of it went after David Braben left... ...buried in that were great bits of information. There were some good hints of shit that's to come... ...and there was a lot of stuff that got me super, super excited. So without any, I don't want to say like, oh man, this stuff sucks, I'm not excited for Odyssey. I am so excited for Odyssey, and you guys have done nothing but w- with this last, with the Dev Diary and with the content, not the delivery, the the content. And the delivery of the Dev Diary itself was top notch, spot on, I'm I'm for it, thumbs up. The delivery of the Discovery Scanner that was not a Discovery Scanner was problematic in in several different ways. But the stuff, the gubbins, the things that you showed me, I am super excited and ready for because I think extrapolating out what you've shown and what you've hinted is to come. I think that what we're going to get is another Dev Diary next month Wait, what did he say here again? Like, let's go back to David Braben's response on that question. The question was, um, let's see. Here we go. What is Odyssey to you, David? It's the start of a new era. It's bringing exploration, combat on foot, atmospheres, planetary development. Uh, where's the part here? Okay, here, here, here. Question. Uh, this is the first developer diary. Can you give us an insight as to what is yet to come? David, there will be further diaries yet to come, looking at things like gameplay. Okay, boom, that's a diary that they're gonna show gameplay loops. How missions work. They've talked about in the forum posts that they put out, uh, that Tim put out back in, in in June, when the first thing dropped, they talked about there's gonna be these joint mission game, uh, missions, these j- sort of joint uh, forces, missions where it's going to be people in ships and people in buggies and people on foot all working for a common thing It made it sound similar to like a raid they've already talked about there's going to be missions that are given out in the planetary outposts and whatever that they're going to sort of be different so i think that's that's what you're talking about there so when you say gameplay i think what you're talking about is 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 sort of different aspects of of you know Maybe mining on the planet or 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 doing other stuff on the planet Uh, how the missions work as I just explained how the combat works that's going to be the FPS pew 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 time thing Uh, and how further environments work don't know question mark and then of course Odyssey itself so if you look at gameplay is one how missions work is two. how combat works is three how further environment is four. And Odyssey itself is five you're talking about we're already August we had the Planetary Tech one September October November December January that literally I think we've got like maybe four or five more Dev Diaries coming one a month or so co- covering you know those Steven asked what's coming in Dev Diaries David answered these things I trust that he knows what he's saying and and he's being honest I think we've got a bunch more dev diaries that are coming. Now, for the people that saw this dev diary and they were underwhelmed because they're like, wow, you you didn't show us this. You didn't show us that. What they showed us was the planetary tech and they showed us ice worlds. They showed us a new ranking of elite, a a new gameplay loop, a new first discoverers, or in this case, first boots on the ground. They showed us that there's going to be another of something coming up as well for like, You know, uh, um, you know, uh, getting a rank. So there's going to be, you know, six at least, if not seven ranks. Um, They showed a ton of stuff here, and I think that the people that are salty because it's like, well, I didn't see people shooting. Well, I didn't see, you know, this about, you know, walking in my ship. I didn't see that about this aspect or this about that aspect, dude. They showed us a lot of shit and they gave us a clear indication that there's going to be probably monthly dev diaries from this point forward until the release itself and they gave you a roadmap of the stuff that's coming i i i i'm fucking psyched i i i don't see how you i'm surprised at the amount of people that have been like meh uh from the community that i've heard because i think this is really really awesome i think that they had I think that the the, the discovery scanner was problematic in its presentation, but not in its content. All right, now I'm going to shut up. Uh, Roy, what do you think? So
1: first of all, uh, I was uh, pleasantly shocked (laughs) that David Braben came on that, that stream. Uh, for me, what this has been about is not so much the velocity of changes, but what is the vision? and for me what david braben reaffirmed was his passionate love of this game and the priority that it's going to take mm. and so for me that that kind of decreases a bit of the pressure on the velocity of things honestly like if there's someone in charge who has the control who has this as sort of their love child project if i mm. could use that phrase um that's okay right like they're gonna they're gonna be making decisions that and i've trusted his decisions ever since the kickstarter Mm -hmm. around you know uh how they develop uh features versus cost versus time the point for me was and and what was reaffirmed in this this diary was he is still completely passionate about this project and it is still on track and he is the captain at the helm Mm. and this is going to work, you know, like you can, I guess you can have differing opinions about how much you trust the captain, but at least the captain's in charge and he knows what he's doing. And he's, he's, he's passionate about this. It could have been a dev diary where he didn't show up.
0: Yeah. uh, It could have been also a dev diary where he was saying like, okay, this is a thing. And then that is a thing. And then this is a thing, but no, he was absolutely in passion. He was, uh, the fire was in his eyes. He had a voice like you could. I, I don't know. It, it was good. I got I got great vibes. All right. Yeah. Ar- uh,
2: the, the whole thing is exciting. I'm definitely going to mirror some of what Roy said, um, but instead I'm going to what I'm going to focus on is a specific phrase that david braven used during the interview and he explicitly stated we're expanding the elite universe and actually we're transposing that to be on foot which is a very rich and complex thing to do and that important word of transposing is something that i really really latched onto, and i actually have a little image here that I am going to repeat. This is transposing data. It's basically taking something and putting it into a different format. In this case, you're taking a row. uh, Oh, damn it, it didn't play properly. Hold on. Uh, But you're taking a row of data and you are converting it into a column of data. So I'm just going to go ahead and throw this up there. So that to me you're talking we obviously have exobiology being thrown in as this amazing um just new exploration mechanic david hints to transposing the gameplay of the main game so i know some people give shit about mission boards and things like that obviously they've already stated we're going to be able to do missions and things uh all of that stuff but all of those different gameplay me- mechanics transposing them oh my god like i can't and then you also have the fact that there's the the hint in the verbiage that there might be more than one new rank so it's just it, it's fantastic i i agree on I... the point though that the the presentation and the lack of uh, answering questions did suck though
0: if I had to bet, I would literally put money on the fact that there's at least two, if not three new ranks. One, exobiology, which I think is misnamed. It should be exobotany unless they're including animals of some form, some form of fauna, but whatever. Uh, but I, I think it should be called exobotany, but they're calling it exobiology, which gives me hope. Or at least maybe they're they're going to just just fold in fauna at some future point, if it's not now, into that loop, whatever. Okay, fine. But I think it's for sure exobiology and either exogeology, ex or, or 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 you know FPS pew pew or both or maybe a thing that I haven't even thought of because they're smarter than me. But I'm excited. All right, uh, tweet your thoughts. Yeah, I
3: think what they did with this with this whole dev diary really is they showed us what it's going to look like with these planets opened up hmm. how how beautiful the planets are going to be the different textures the, the the plant life the vegetation and what they haven't showed us is what we're going to do with it and hmm. and all the things they're going to do to fill up and that's what they're going to show us with the subsequent dev diaries and all that kind of stuff and to piggyback off what you said kai I too have been here in the community saying that this was a terribly underwhelming. Ice planets, All oh, that was promised with horizons. You're right, it was promised with horizons, but we didn't get it. We are getting them now and they look amazing.
0: Guess what? Uh, guess what? Space Legs was promised in fucking Kickstarter. It's still cool that we're getting it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, hey. I,
3: I just think that with everything going on and with what I think we're gonna talk about in a few minutes with one of those articles if some of that stuff that was quoted right directly from a lead developer comes to fruition, then this is going to be an amazing addition to the game. And it's, it's just, they're just teasing us with these, with what they did this week. This is just a slight little tease to get our mouth watering and they're going to build it up, build it up the closer we get to the release so that there's a fervor hype. Everybody is clamoring to download that DLC when it actually Mm. releases.
0: Hmm. And okay, I'm gonna ask you guys I'm going around the horn I'm asking you guys on the the part that super intrigued me earlier uh with regard to uh David Braben saying when they were talking about different types of uh things in the game what does it mean to you yada 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 and he says the the quote planetary development uh where here sorry further environments. And of course, and then of course, there's Odyssey itself. What do you think, what tickles your minds on further environments and then Odyssey itself? Just chime in, guys. Hop in. Can I
3: sure. Can I uh, piggyback off that Twinfinite article that the, the lead developer was Go quoted from it. there? Go for it. He said that he, he quoted a couple of things, one of which I'll throw out right now, which I am totally stoked for, is he threw an example that when a faction is at war in a system inside the bubble there will be if they own a planetary base there will not only be cz's in the sky and in space like we already have but there'll be areas on the ground to to fight to help win that war but what he also said is in the exploration part that there's going to be human settlements out there he said something about animals out there he said we could take missions For these people in the settlements, or we could raid them depending on what we wanted to do. But my thought is if we take missions for them and complete them successfully, possibly that builds up their settlement, which would be building the environment of the planet, which could in turn lead to other things.
2: Hmm. Indeed. Did we lose Kai?
0: I you guys don't know. hear me? I, I I'm sorry. I, I was I muted for that part. I'm sorry. Uh, so real quick, Arson and and Roy, hop in on the further developments, further environments, or whatever, and then Odyssey. It's then of course Odyssey itself. What do you what do you think that was referring to?
2: Well,
5: so, I... go ahead, Roy. Go
2: ahead.
1: No, you go ahead, Arson.
2: So further environments, I think that the initial safe assumption is the interior of the human settlements uh, that we know and love and can drive around in our SRV but can't really interact with beyond that. I'm hoping that that extends to some interiors. Like, we got a taste of what it was like to drive into an interior with the Thargoid planetary megastructures – with a little hmm. map that puzzle that you can do, um, I could see uh, potentially some mega structures because the space stations that we have in space now that could potentially be another environment. But also if they
0: your the ship is an environment,
2: exactly, and some of our ships are have more area to cover than some in-game. Uh, levels for you know triple a titles for you know the linear kind of thing that you get um it's just it's very interesting because i suspect that like those stargoid structures maybe we get in there we solve the map and then we do something else and then we discover a doorway while we're on foot and then you realize that there's this whole mega structure underneath because it really is a Thargoid mothership, you know, Okay,
0: the, the... I'm cutting you off there because we could go for hours. Uh, I need, I need, ours, I need uh, Roy. Sorry. Sorry, just quick. I n-
1: my initial impression about other environments was actually him hinting that there was more planets to be landed Maybe. on. Maybe, you know, you and, know, and this is just be... a, the first of a progression.
0: Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. I think that th- this is a progression. The question is, more now, or if not more roadmap when mm. um, yeah for sure 100% all right we're going to we're going to uh all right we're gonna hit these really really fast there are four articles that are potential whatever we're already over time so we're gonna hit these really fast okay the first of the four chronologically was the uh the game star uh it's like a german online whatever magazine uh in that that, that that's a, a thing that came out in on june 4th Uh, And it it said On foot only planetside Not ships It also said releasing spring of 2021 Um, They are Known as a Very very slanted towards star citizen Very very slanted against anything else Very very biased team Whatever uh, uh, News organization From from what I'm told I I don't follow that much in German news But from what I'm told And I, I think that The release spring 2021 immediately makes everything else that they said in that entirely suspect. I'm like, meh, okay. That's that's, credibility. Yep. So that that was the first one, but it does tie into what Polygon said and Polygon put out, so Polygon, Twinfinite, and IGN put out, all three put out articles in the last week. And this is more, this is based off of back on August 11th, there was a private showcase for games journalists that were able to get information so that they could write stuff that was supposed to come out uh, about now, and they have. So with regard to that, Polygon put out an article, and some of the, the just the, the hits from that are, one, graphical upgrades to all existing landable planets as well as newly landable tenuous atmospheres. That is very, very believable to me because it's Procgen so I, I think it's actually easier for them to hit the button to upgrade all than it would be to like hand pick ones to upgrade. So I, I think that that's hundred percent believable. The next thing was new living creatures. I don't really buy it right now. I think that's a low percentage chance, uh, new living items, new living things if, in regard to plants, hundred percent, I believe, but creatures, I'm not sold on that just yet. Uh, then I would love it, but I don't think so. The next thing, names will be attached to first discovery of new biologicals. That I think is very, very cool, and I, I think is very, very believable based on they're talking about how they transpose whatever. And if you were the first to discover uh, uh, the 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 phenomenon, like the the peduncles and all the stuff out there, uh, you know, that goes in the codex. So I think that that would, I think that makes sense. Um, Fdev considering letting us walk in ships, considering letting us walk in ships and stations but not at launch. I I know for a fact so Arthur's made the, Arthur told me the lead uh, community manager for Frontier Developments, uh, Elite Dangerous, has said clearly, we have not made a public statement on this at this time. Now, that could be one of three things that we're looking at here. Either A, someone spoke out of turn directly to Polygon, And this is information that is true, but the company doesn't want out. That's a possibility. Two, the guy from Polygon got all clickbaity and or misinterpreted something and is making a statement that is not what was made accurately by the developer that they talked to, which is a possibility. Um, In which case, either A, it's a situation that we're either going to get walking in ships and stations, in which case... Frontier might be holding back on saying that because they A, don't know yet, they're working on it, they're finalizing it, and they don't want to announce it, announce it until it's locked as a feature complete. They don't want to learn from Star Citizen where they say, we're going to give you this and that, and oh shit, it didn't work out, maybe later. That they, they, I can see that being the case. Or it could be the case that it's already locked, it's already feature complete, they already absolutely know they're going to give it But what they're doing is through some form of a marketing campaign or some form of a strategy on press release or whatever. They're like, hey, we don't want to blow our load too early if we're not going to give them product until January or February or March. I think it's January. I think it's January 15th. You can quote me on that. But if there might be a legitimate business reason why they say, hey, man, um, we're not going to give you this until January we want to hold back on that hype and build it until say mid-december and then announce you know we're going to announce it in october we're going to announce it in november or december because our math says that this is the perfect time to line up for pre-order hype for this for that for the other for whatever that's a possibility all of these are possibilities all right um then uh they said transition to on foot undecided they haven't they said you know like so what they're indicating there is you know maybe you hit a button and just like how you're in your ship and then all of a sudden boom you're magically transported to the srv uh uh you know or the slf cockpit or the srv uh what do you call it Uh, interior you know you're in the cab of the, the vehicle um it could be like that or it could be that you hit a button and it indicates okay your ship your seat retracts or some shit And then you get up and you walk through your ship To the whatever, or it could be you hit a button And all of a sudden you're on a, a, a ramp Walking down to the vehicle Or you hit a button and you're on an elevator That That's what they're indicating That it, that part is undecided as of yet um, I don't know, or, and or care I don't have a comment on that When they tell us what it is, then we'll know what it is uh, The next, atmospheric flight model Differences undecided And the last one was VR undecided Um, for all of these I I don't know some of the information in here seems to me to make sense a good chunk of the information in here seems to be highly suspect to me Um, so I I think some people will tell you that Polygon is not the most reputable source of information you decide for yourself I'm not going to tell you what's true or not because I don't know Uh, Twinfinite put out an article uh, and all of these all of these articles, we'll have links to in the show notes, so you can see for yourself, read it, decide, investigate, use your own judgment. Uh, the Twinfinite article to me seems very, very credible. Uh, it's directly attributing statements to uh, that that seem plausible. Uh, the 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 thing, one thing that that stood out, there are two things that stood out to me from that. The one says no next gen console support at the moment. They are evaluating it now. Just to be clear. That doesn't mean you won't be able to play it on your PS5 and your Xbox, whatever the fuck they're going to call the next Xbox. What it means is that because what we've heard is that the the PS5 and the Xbox, question mark, are going to be backwards compatible. So you will still be able to play it on those new consoles uh, just the same way that they will run on the PS4 and the Xbox One or Xbox X or whatever it is now. Uh, so, So there's that. Then... The, they also said atmospheric flight model differences undecided as of yet. But when Twinfinite said it, they literally said, this person asked that person, they name people, and the stuff in their article as a whole seemed to me to be much more believable. Likewise, the next article, IGN, uh, it was well-sourced, just like the Twinfinite article, and it has general information that you can read. Um, to my, If I were to, to rate these, I would say... The IGN article and the Twinfinite article seem very, very, very credible. I would say the Polygon article seems questionable. And the GameStar article seems highly questionable. But you look into it and decide for yourself. Guys, uh, we're going to start with Roy very, very quickly. Hop in. What do you think on these articles? So
1: when I see stuff like this, I compare it against, you know, we've had the fortunate appearance of David Braben, on the recent uh, stream, I, I would, what I'm gauging is benefit of the doubt. Like, do I believe that this company is still uh, passionate about the project and moving towards the things that I want them to move towards? That's what I balance against these sort of third-party evaluations. And uh, my my take on this is, I would weigh much more heavily. David Bravid's appearance on the stream about this is still his passion project. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt that he's weighing all of these aspects, whether it's, you know, biologicals on a planet or how many different types of planet models we get or all these different things, right? It's, he's weighing this uh, in terms of development time versus availability. Um, I'm, I am very optimistic about where things are going right now uh based on his appearance and I'm good i I think I think the uh the things that you've said about these different articles are accurate uh, you know there's they've they're all trying to read the tea leaves right so I could imagine that there's certain parts of what is available at Odyssey launch that are still undecided and so you're gonna get people that get different snippets of information that hint one way or the other, but it's not it's not true until the development is finished. But I'm I'm confident in the direction this is heading and and the push that is that is happening through David Braben. So that's that's my,
0: Beautiful. That's my spot. Tweet, your thoughts.
3: Yeah, well, when I look at articles like this, like the Polygon article quoted an art designer, and then they speculated about a lot of design features. And to me, mm-hmm. that that doesn't really lend to believability for me. The Twinfinite, on the other hand, quoted by name, and I don't have his name here in front of me, but quoted by name one of the lead developers, and everything that he said sounded plausible to me. It sounded mm-hmm. like what they were going to want to put in and something that, that, that would be true, you know? So that one really excited me and, and has me having some pretty high hopes. Uh, the, the, the German one, like you said, you know they already guessed wrong with the, the release date, which is a big strike against them for me. And I, I take everything with a grain of salt. Everybody, like you said, they're trying to read the tree, tea leaves. Nobody knows, except for FDEV, what, what's going to be in this yet. And everything is just speculation. So the best thing that we can do as a community is look at what we've seen as fact get excited about the beautiful planets that we're going to be able to go on I mean how excited are we just to get in our ship whether it's a cobra or a crate or a a vet I don't care and go down onto a planet with an atmosphere and fly over the whole thing just to see the different mountains and and, Mm -hmm. and whatever else might be down there you know I mean that alone is going to be amazing and I think as a community we need to just slow down on the, the the idea that FDEV is, is uh, well, for example, I heard somebody say today that the fact that we have such little information this close to launch is concerning to them. I feel the opposite. I feel they're holding it back. And as we get closer and closer, they're going to start releasing the good stuff. And as we get closer to it, it's just people are going to get so excited. So
0: I think, I think we've got four or five more diaries coming at, at the pace of one a month and, and other Absolutely. drops as well. So it's good stuff. Arson?
2: Definitely irritated with Polygon. I, I think that their, their article was not quite up to standards of journalism, in my personal opinion. Um, mm. It really seasoned uh, my enjoyment level going into the discovery scanner um my hype tinted goggles did not see the obvious flaws um all of it said though um i definitely you know I- ignoring all of that stuff i think i put more stock like uh, roy said in in braben's appearance 100
0: mm-hmm. percent. okay let's real quick we're gonna skip some stuff and cut some stuff out but real quick, I want to hit right now DJ Wiley Space Heroes video. Uh start start playing that and we're going to talk about uh some stuff and and I just want to play that as it's as it's going. DJ Wiley did an awesome Odyssey Dev Diary planets before and after side-by-side comparison so you see he shows you okay, here's where they show in the dev diary what planet x looks like, you know, planet, you know, ADS whatever whatever and planet Ovid whatever and planet you know, hip whatever. Like here it is in the in the trailer, this is the exact planet that we know that we're seeing and here's what it looks like right now. So if you look right there on the video, you can see the planet that you're in. That is ADS 10329 planet B5. That's what it looks like in the video, which is amazing. Here's what it looks like right now in the game, which is a rock with some lines in it. Uh, Yeah, I'll take the first one. Thank you very much. That looks fucking amazing. Uh, Comparing the two side by side shows you just how great a difference you're getting from this. And when you fix and make more beautiful every planet in the game, it's just... It's, it's breathtaking. It makes this game go from, hey, that's a ball with some lines. It looks like a tennis ball that was left out in the sun as opposed to, look at this, there's mountains, there's ravines, there's Linnae and Palimpsest and whatever the fuck the other thing was. Wolf 1311, uh, Planet 3B, again, side by side. That's what you're seeing, which looks amazing. That's what you see now, a pale ball etc 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 there's 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 no point to extending this further what go look at dj Wiley's video it's going to be in the show notes that video needs to get a million likes and you need to subscribe to his channel because that man puts out stuff here and there he's not like us where we put out every week he puts out but he's like a sniper man he waits and waits and then there's a thing coming out and he puts out a video like this that that deserves to have a million likes um He's not going to fill you up with a bunch of crap. He's going to just hit you every once in a while with something that is worth getting. So click on that, subscribe on it, hit that little bell icon, follow that man. Similarly, Arson Cross, you put out a video. Odyssey hype trailer. Every person that is feeling a little underwhelmed after seeing the the Discovery Scanner. I don't think anybody was really underwhelmed after... The dev diary But I think people Many people were underwhelmed After the Discovery Scanner Post the David Braben bit But Definitely 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 uh, Go look at The 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 Arson Arson's uh, Odyssey hype trailer It's a music video That's like How long is it It's like seven minutes long Or something Arson It's fucking amazing
5: Yeah
1: it's
2: awesome (laughs) Yeah man it basically it is, it is. sorry it basically takes all of the trailer footage that has officially been released by frontier over the years starting with the very first one when the game launched and it shows the vision that Frontier has displayed on screen for space legs and it progresses from the beginning of the game all the way to the odyssey dev diary mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And it it and it basically plays it through with like builds the hype, builds the hype, builds the hype, and then you get the new shit. Um go check that out. It is the link is in the show notes. All right. I want you guys to do a speed run on this and give us the feedback just because we, we promised that we can't go a third week. Go ahead and hit it fast.
1: Uh I saw the ice planets and I had a visceral visceral reaction like, oh my god, I'm on hot. Like it was that it was that, yes. I I just out of the gate. I didn't even anticipate it. It was so awesome.
0: Arson. All right, tweaked.
3: Yeah, DJ's video is just a great example of what we have now and how much more immersive it's going to be when the planets look like what they're going to look like when this Odyssey DLC drops. Mm -hmm. arson's video especially there's one particular part in it where there's a bunch of npcs walking around a spaceport that little clip by itself got me so excited just to go somewhere where there's npcs walking around to be able to get out and walk around with them it's a great job good job arson
2: thank you thank you yeah i definitely want to point at dj wiley's video that is just phenomenal being able to see the comparison of what we have now and what we get i know people some people haven't been super hyped about odyssey per se uh with the dev diary that came out but just the pure difference is going to change the face of the game and i actually want to mention if you paid attention to his video the atmosphere planets that we're seeing, they aren't limited to just one type of planet. There was like two or three different types of planets. And that in and of itself is a really interesting sign for Odyssey. Alright, I believe that takes us into the community feedback section. Yes. Alright,
1: so uh thank you everyone we received a, a mountain of feedback and we're gonna we're gonna read out selected uh responses. Uh, both from um, responses to the questions that we posed in community feedback and also a couple of uh, general ones. So the first one was from Commander DJ Wiley, Uh, and this was in response to the question we posted a couple of weeks ago about uh, bookmarks. He said, I really hope we get planetary bookmarks with Odyssey. It's a huge miss from the game at the moment. Once we have legs, if we still have to find interesting points on a planet using coordinates, it's going to be a real pain. In addition to the ideas you came up with, uh, I would throw in the ability to share bookmarks, and not just with your squad. Say you you wing up with some people, but you're all from different squads, and you want to go visit somewhere, or make a race between two points. Even sharing with your wing would be useful here, and to take it one step forward, how about the ability to sell your bookmarks eve style say you find a cool new crystal shard site maybe even one with selenium why not have the ability to charge other commanders for the right to be the first to go and harvest those sweet materials
2: our next bit of feedback came from odyssey on discord and he says or they say uh, some sorting options to the bookmarks would be cool Like being able to change the color and rename them to better organize and see at a glance what your bookmark means. Also, being able to forward a star system or flight plans to other wingmates would be neat.
3: And we had another bit of response from Phil Barnes in regards to the bookmarks as well. He says... Definitely that last bit, being able to give a nav point to wing members or in any chat, really. I am really annoyed having to memorize or write down weird system names from my galaxy map to be able to tell my wing members which system we are going to, and then having to remember that or write them down to be able to type it into the galaxy map. There definitely needs to be some sort of copy-paste function. I would also like to be able to write descriptions of my bookmarks in-game. Having to have an Excel sheet just to remember what all those bookmarks point to is not acceptable. And in general, just being able to browse bookmarks better to get an overview of them and their descriptions. Maybe a bookmark location can light up in the galaxy map when you hover over hover, hover over the bookmark in the menu.
1: Metallicsis wrote to us, uh, bookmark folders like how the controls menu has the collapsible plus and minus signs. And the ability to set bookmarks on planets via longitude and latitude. I would really love the ability to change their color or icon and have it reflected on the on the galaxy map. So when you're looking at the galaxy, it's not just a bunch of ambiguous orange flags. We already have the ability to change the bookmark name. But it would be nice to be able to do this at the creation of the bookmark rather than act after. Setting a planetary bookmark with the coordinates would make blindly feeling around the planet's
2: hemisphere much more attractive. Commander Osatius provided the next bit of feedback, which reads, First things first, we really need to be able to link and share bookmarks in chat. That way, if you're giving guidance to a new player or even just sharing a cool location, you can do do so with more than just your squadron. Secondly, I would love if you could bookmark full route rather than a single point this would create a bookmark with the entirety of the route as waypoints along the way that way if you shared it to another commander or even pulled up the route bookmark with while on a different ship with a different max jump distance it would still create a route through all of the waypoints Imagine bookmarking the entirety of the Crystal Shard farm route, or bookmarking different engineering routes, rather than having to figure out engineering routing every time you're trying to engineer a ship from scratch. More so, imagine bookmarking the entirety of an expedition's waypoints, and then being able to share that to other commanders with a single click. This would make organizing and visualizing expeditions much easier inside the game, rather than relying so heavily on third-party tools.
1: Our next entry was from Mazder Verhall. Definitely having the ability to customize your bookmark colors yourself would be nice. Planning full routes instead of one destination would also be nice. Bookmark folders would be a cool thing to add. That way I can have a section for engineers, a section for locations I'd like to go, etc. I'd also like a map toggle for all the systems that have been discovered scanned mapped. Not just the ones I've been to, but the ones everyone has been to. That way explorers cannot waste their time and can explore the unexplored. Next, we had an entry from the great Alec Turner. Great show, guys. On the whole bookmarks thing, you pretty much nailed this. And I've lost count of how many times I've written forum posts asking for this with mock-ups of what the colored folders could look like. It's not like that kind of UI is even new. Go look at the commodity filters in the galaxy map. We already have colored folders for commodity types, where the commodities within those folders would be where the actual bookmarks would go. We also need the same ability to untick the folders, i.e. to show to only show our racing bookmarks on the map, obviously entertaining to him. Uh, obviously, bookmarks on planet surfaces goes without saying, either added from current position or perhaps by entering coordinates, or by placing pins on the system map globes might need to be able to zoom in
2: further for this. So Commander Nira Koji provided the next bit of feedback in the form of a list of improvements to bookmarks that they want. And on that list, we have folders, custom selected icons and colors for the bookmarks and folders, search filters to search your bookmarks, short description boxes or note fields, and sharing with individual commanders or in chat. Those things would make Nirakoji very happy.
3: All right, then we had one from Harry Badge. Says, hey, commanders, great show as always. My thoughts on the bookmarks. I forget which ones I have already and end up deleting them half the time or just trying to rack my brain to figure out why I put a bookmark there. So maybe I just have short-term memory loss or something, but I don't have a need for so many bookmarks. But being able to change the icon of it, so would no mining bookmark or cool star location, ship I want to get, et cetera, et cetera, But still, that would be cool. At very least, color them different colors, and I could make my own color list of what things are. It might help me to remember what they are.
1: Next up, on the topic of custom paint jobs, uh, Phil Barnes wrote, On the custom-player-submitted paint jobs, I feel like, yes, why not? I don't think I'd buy them, but people certainly will. It could help free up some time-slash-work for FDev, sure, and get them some more money, enabling them to spend more time on making actual content. For the last few weeks here, I feel like many topics have been related to suggesting adding more cosmetics or immersion-style features, and I'm pretty happy with that aspect. I have to say I'm not particularly positive the suggestion if it will take time and effort away from Fdeb making playable content or story. Although the idea of having your squadron logo
2: on the ship, whether by decal or paint job, definitely would be cool. The next bit is also on custom paint jobs from RDC who says, I love the idea of user-submitted paint jobs, however I see a few possible problems beyond dicks. Mostly my thoughts are about how they would be submitted. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) If they were submitted as sort of a concept art, the amount of work to convert an idea into in-game asset is most likely not uh, much less than creating a skin in-house from scratch. If they had the manpower overhead to be doing this, I assume they already would. If they were submitted in a way which they were close to or all the way ready for deployment and just needed to be approved, that might require the release of proprietary information or models. Decals rather than paint jobs are vastly simpler. In addition, while we already have many high quality paint jobs, the decal selection in the game is very limited. Much of what we do have is just not very good in terms of art and design. There isn't even the option for straight superpower emblems. I want the independent logo so badly. And that's not just the most basic suggestion. Decals are content that could easily be crowdsourced with high quality, easy to deploy content. One question that would have to be addressed is that of squads and PMFs. Given the possibility of custom decals or paint jobs, how many of these groups will submit their designs? How are those judged? On aesthetics? On group size? Just ignored completely?
3: And how do you tell? And the next one comes from Commander Eve 2290 on the, the uh, custom paint skins as well. In regards to the player-created skins or any player-related content for a game, a good model which seems to have worked out is with Warframe Community. Digital Extremes allows players to download a kit called Tenogen to create custom weapons and frame skins and such. It's like a little 3D modeling kit thingamajam. There are rules that guide the designs to be within faction design norms in case of ED the only restrictions for modeling would be the ship's company designs but this is of course a little bit further than mere ship skins and I'm off topic I think but my whole point was the player created content works well if implemented right and they even get a paid get paid a certain percentage of the sale of each of their uploaded item that sells. I personally got about 3,700 hours on that game and I love to take things that worked on that game and see if it helps out elsewhere, i.e. in making Elite Dangerous a whole more interesting. The games have different models of business, but DE basically shows the middle finger to the rest of the AAA comps by starting and staying FTP. They generate massive income through the real end game content, believe it or not, fashion frames. Yes, this is a thing, an actual player-created thing. People love decking out their game spaces, be it the orbiter of a ship or the rooms in the individual frames. Elite Dangerous has has got tons of scope in that aspect. The most amount of time people spend in Elite Dangerous is in the cockpit as of now, and along with paint jobs, which are only seen in loading screens or in camera shots, even more customizing of interiors would be really, really cool. Board of your type 6 scratched industrial Dashboard here is a carbon fiber finished cockpit want to look even more Royal in your imperial ships forget the White get the black and gold editions The possibilities are endless Sorry if this was last week's topic And not this week's I just joined yesterday
0: <laughs> Alright I'm going to actually Read out the last couple just to, to uh, Give you guys a break because you've been Reading a lot but so Phil Barnes wrote in uh, Now about the second topic Having fan created cockpit radio Using EDMC plug-in I think FDEV's concern might mainly be having to inspect and look through all that goes on there. But if there is nothing official there, but instead just support to be able to have your own stuff play, there should be no concern about it. Even if Galnet returns, you need to use the interface. There could still be a category function to sort of for your own uh, in-game audio. So yeah, why not? However. I still can't help but feel that this is another thing that is cool neat immersion increasing quality of life aspect that does not really expand the game itself i probably would not use the function myself for uh playing anything other than my own audio there uh to which i responded to him that's why i was talking about this being an uh a edmc plugin not having anything to do with frontier uh so he was not aware that we could sort of do that without involving them and then that sort of change it's like oh okay that's super interesting um all right so for general feedback we have a message from commander Osasha's. hey there commander i just wanted to take a moment to leave some feedback for the show not necessarily about the discussion topic my only qualm is the show is that the overall volume level is much lower than other podcast media that I listen to. Maybe I'm just going deaf, but while listening to the drive from work, I have to crank the volume to the max and still have trouble hearing at times. Other than that, the show is excellent. You guys do an awesome job of helping me maintain my hype level and overall love for the game, as well as keeping me in the loop of what's going on in the Milky Way while I'm stuck slaving away at work. I started playing Elite Dangerous back in 2014, and was really into it for about six months, playing mostly as a solo PvPer and with very little community interaction. After that time, I fell away due to a lack of game maintaining a grip on me. I tried nearly a dozen times over the years to come back, but it never really caught me. Then about four months ago, I came back one last time, but this time it was different. I immersed myself in the community and became what feels like family to so many communities, including Elite Week, Loose Crews, and the boys at Lave Radio. I also wanted to shout out the amazing streamers that made me fall in love with the game again. Uh, The Pavehawker, miss you Pave, Brother Sabathius, and Malik. Uh, Anyways, back to Elite Week. You guys are doing awesome work and I love the show. I can't wait for what is lying ahead of us with Odyssey and I am so glad that we have such an amazing community to share these experiences with. Keep up the awesome work and keep turning that wheel even though I'm going to find Raxla first. O7 <laughs> commanders. Uh, and then lastly, we have Commander Gavin, G-H-A-V-E-N, who wrote in to say, hey, brand new commander here. I've been listening to your podcast at work, trying to learn more about the game. And I came across a forum post where you announced the turn the wheel project. When I finally had to Google, what is turning the wheel? I noticed that you were abbreviating the dark wheel as TDW, as well as referencing a wall and i'm uh and i flashed on tdw also being a very the very abbreviation for tear down the wall a pink floyd track from the wall uh, i know guru mentioned one of the creators uh uh was a fan so probably just the coincidence but anyway i'm still trying to figure out my side how my sidewinder works but i'm enjoying the game and the podcast and the ready one feel to ready player one feel to the entire project Mm. super super awesome feedback from everyone. This week's community feedback question is quite simply. What do you think about Odyssey so far? And that could be what do you think about Odyssey in general? What did you think about the dev diary? What did you think about the discovery scanner? Put your feedback in the show uh, in the comments section of the YouTube video send it into elite week at 33 excuse me elite week 3306 at gmail.com come into the discord and post it in the community feedback section of the uh, of the thing and we will read out your input on the air you'll get a chance to be a part of the discussion and we'll you know we'll have some 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 stuff uh, to talk about and there's more stuff coming there's a lot of stuff coming uh some very quick announcements for my state of the game uh the first is uh an announcement that i made uh in the in on the the uh discord the announcement channel i'm very pleased and excited to announce that i've been invited to collaborate with frontier developments around the build-up and launch of elite dangerous odyssey As a welcome to the collaboration effort, they very kindly sent me a welcome pack that includes amongst other things, an elite themed stream deck, an SRV ignition key that's a USB stick, a pair of Odyssey branded razor ear pods. Suffice it to say, I'm very excited about it and I'm looking forward to being able to share the journey with you guys from here on. Most importantly, I'm very honored to be one of the selected few content creators that Frontier is collaborating with and leading up into the release of Elite Dangerous Odyssey. That means that I'll be able to prep cool content for the community and release it as soon as Frontier gives me the thumbs up. You'll know about things as absolutely soon as possible. I will not violate any arrangements or, or, or agreements with Frontier, but I will be getting you that information that I can as quickly as possible in, in as highly a uh, you know a, a highly level as possible. Uh, the other two announcements I have to make are. Number one, tomorrow, uh, I am uh, hosting the an, an, the next round of the Super friendos. So that'll be myself, that'll be Plater, Down to Earth Astronomy, The Burrs, uh, uh, uh Chig from Loose Screws, and uh, uh, Alec Turner, and we will all be together talking about all of this stuff uh so you'll get you've, you've heard my views here today you're gonna hear theirs super super interesting look for us on the stream tomorrow we will be uh almost positively live streaming it uh on this this channel uh and or uh there'll be a record with a you know higher sort of quality whatever to come out uh uh later next week i will be uh on on next Wednesday, I will be doing an interview with, I, I think, the as-of-yet unannounced product manager for Elite Dangerous uh, uh, at Frontier Development. And you'll get to know his name and, and who he is and, and a little bit about him. We're going to have a short little chat about some stuff with Elite that's having some exciting times right now. So I'm super, super thrilled. They have not even, uh, like, I, th- I think, officially announced him yet. But I, I snagged an interview, and I'm, I'm so looking forward to bringing you guys insight from the product manager for the game. Um, and I hope that you guys enjoy that. And uh, coming up in the in the uh, not too distant future, next week we should have uh, Matthias. Uh, Matthias, I, I'm always horrible with that. Uh, as our special guest for the friday night show with us and uh and then shortly thereafter uh we're gonna have a big uh, uh, we'll have some big news to announce uh yeah next weekend i think will be a big big news week for elite dangerous and uh and shortly after that i'll be bringing you an exclusive uh interview face to face one-on-one. With uh, one of the leaders of the Children of Raxla, who uh, are are super, uh, super interesting. All right, so that's my state of the game. I am super, super hyped for Odyssey, and I don't care who knows it. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not. I, I, I'm thrilled. Ice planets, I expected. Plants, I didn't. Uh, a new new gameplay loops that are are actually leading to more elites that was something kind of cool that I kind of sort of a little bit suspect but uh, getting confirmation of it is awesome the planetary tech means that from what we saw every planet in the galaxy is just going from looking like a stick figure to looking amazing and I, I don't see how you don't see that as an absolute, complete and total win, along with all of the hints of this, the more diaries, the many more diaries we have to come with the details on all of that stuff that we talked about today. All right, that's mine. I'm done. I'm out. Uh, Arson. Not a whole lot to say that
2: isn't already mirroring Again, what you've said I'm very, very excited I am super, super hyped about Odyssey Um, For those of you watching live Stay tuned after the closeout for the podcast I have a hype injection for you Beyond that, I have nothing else to say tonight
0: Alright, Roy
1: Yeah, I was uh, stunned by the visuals in the Odyssey trailer I'm just super excited about all of it um super excited that's uh, that's how i'll leave it
3: beautiful tweet yep i i couldn't be any more excited i've seen nothing at all or i haven't seen anything that would that would dampen my excitement for this and my state of the game is i'd like to clear up one confusion that's been across a few discords over and i think we might have touched on it earlier but just in case the anybody missed it Elite Dangerous Odyssey will be playable on the next-gen consoles. Mm -hmm. They said they weren't going to port them specifically for it, which means they're not going to build the game from ground up to those console specifications. Mm -hmm. But the game itself and Odyssey will be able to be played on the next-gen
0: consoles. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Guys, it's been beautiful. It's been wonderful. It's been long as hell. Uh, I want to thank very much our special guests, uh, from the, uh, uh eight wheel drive endurance challenge. Uh, it was awesome having you guys on here tonight. Uh, so thank you very, very much. Um, I want to thank everybody that's listening here and all the people that will be checking in tomorrow with the super friendos and whatnot. So thank you very much. Black maze. Thank you. Craig Larson. Thank you. Cast. Uh, I'm going to leave you with uh, Bill and Ted's be excellent to each other. Say good night, guys.
3: Good night. Good night. Everybody have a good night. Stay safe and fly dangerous. All right. Arson,
0: place out.